following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Welcome to the show, Tyler. A little bit of a break here. What's going on? Uh, somebody took a vacation. I did, but we also took a, took a couple weeks off because it's, just, it's been a little busy. Draft season, baby. We had draft season going on. I'm pretty sure I have approximately 90-ish days that I can use to make up for your um, hey. Hey departure. Now. Hey now. Hey now. Okay. But um, let me, uh, let me, do we call them sick days? <laughs> Is that what we're calling them? <laughs> call them sick days? Goddamn. Um, so welcome back to the show, Tyler. We, it, we're weeks removed from the draft now. We got to, we, we let everything sink in. We got everything squared away. So um, we're going to be going over some draft grades today. We do have some news around the league within the last couple of weeks. And I, I think it's actually good that we, because we were originally going to record the day after, well, actually it was going to be the, the week after. The, it was going to be the day after day three. Yeah, yeah, you're and right. And I, I think it's actually better now because um, it's allowed both of us to kind of like sink in and kind of gather a yeah. second thought. Because some of my opinions have changed. Yeah. Versus, not not drastically, but I, I have less harsh reactions to certain things I have I have uh, the same reactions to a lot of the stuff the when it comes to the draft. Um, there were certain things that... that I, I watched it, for example, the, the, uh, I'll say the New York Giants, for example, and we're going to get oh, into that. Geez. We watched them trade down just to reach on a guy anyway. So, <laughs> in, in the first yeah, round. There, no, there are certain teams that, yeah, no matter how much time you let, let sit on it, it's, it doesn't matter. But there are certain things I, I, I thought about things better. I'm like, okay, no, I, I actually like this better or I, I dislike things more. Yeah. There's some of that, a lot of that's, that's occurred. Yeah. Um. So... We do have some news around the league. We're going to jump into some graph, draft grades after the after the break, but uh, we do have some news around the league. We got, I mean, a lot of a lot of little signings going on. We've got some fifth year options getting picked up. First and foremost, let's jump in. The 49ers signed the former Jaguars wide receiver Marquise Lee. I like love this. this. Marquise Lee is a very underrated talent. Underutilized. And I, I underutilized. Underused. Undervalued. He's going to do great there in Niners. Um, when eventually, likely early, because a certain someone can't stay healthy, when mm. Trey Lance takes over. He went from a number three to a number two, back to a number three, back to a number two. This guy's capable, in my opinion, this guy's capable of being a number one somewhere. I think he's he's that good of a receiver. Low-end one. Well, low-end one, yeah. But he's he's developed so much and so well, and even in the absence of certain receivers in Jacksonville, he stepped up in those in those times. I've seen Marquise Lee put up hundred yard games. I've seen Marquise Lee get uh, you know touches in the red zone. I mean, you gotta love this signing. I think this is a great pick, and it's going to be a really great compliment because he's a pure receiver. He's not one of those gadget type of receivers like Debo Samuel is. I think this is going to be a really good fit for Marquise Lee and and the Niners. 
they're going to be able to use him as a pure receiver as opposed to what they use Debo for, a lot of those mm-hmm. those slants and those reverses and things of that nature because you always see Debo coming out of the backfield. They have some depth so they can they can put Lee where he needs to be. Right, and this is, this is going to be uh, a really great pickup for them. Um, a couple days ago, we got to talk about this one. Uh, the Patriots go ahead and sign quarterback Brandon Hoyer on a one-year deal. Brian. Brian Hoyer. I don't want to say Brandon. Brian Hoyer, excuse me. Um, he knows the system. It's an okay it's a, signing it, for a depth. It's a good signing. I'm not gonna call it okay. He knows the system. He's 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 there, and and this signing to me um spells the end of the uh, Newton saga at some point. It means mm-hmm. to me that it's Brian Hoyer teaching Mac Jones the system. Do you think Do you think Hoyer's gonna teach Mac Jones more so than Cam Newton is? Yes. And and the reason that I'm asking that is because Cam is the starter there, and I know Cam is arrogant and has a chip on his shoulder, so I'm sure he doesn't want to just divulge that information over to Mac Jones. Cam too much. is going to teach Mac Jones how how to play in the NFL at a at a Cam Newton style football. Brian Hoyer is going to teach Mac Jones how to play football at from a being smart level. Yeah, that's not Cam yeah. Newton's style. No, Cam Newton is is very. I, I'm not. I'm not, going, I'm not saying Cam Newton's dumb per se, but Cam Newton could learn a lot from understanding the the system better. Yeah, understanding the system, and I think I think Cam Newton likes to uh, improvise a lot more than your typical quarterback, which Mac Jones is going to have to know how to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't. You know, like Mac Jones, he's not a, a leg it out kind of guy um, like Cam Newton is, and I think he's he's a different type of quarterback mm-hmm. than than Cam. Um, very stand strong in the pocket, deliver the football. A lot of people say that he's always the most pro-ready quarterback. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> you know, but what what I think about is think of, think of Tom Brady. Mm. Um, Brady is arguably the slowest quarterback in the history of football. Right, but for whatever reason, the slowest quarterback in in football history somehow manages to scramble out and get a first down when ne- when necessary. Yep, when it needs to happen. And that's what Mac Jones and Mac Jones is going to is going actually going to be able to do more on the scramble cuz he's he's more of an athlete than Tom Brady is. He definitely is. Um and and so it's going to beg the question and it, it so does Mac Jones wind up starting at any point in time this season? At any point, yes, for sure. It will not be game 1. Yep. We're talking Or do you think Brian Hoyer comes in before Mac Jones gets his opportunity? Because Brian if Hoyer I'm the head system. coach Mac, if I'm if I'm Bill Belichick, I shouldn't say head coach. We're talking we're talking Bill Belichick. If yeah. I'm Bill Belichick, um, if you're done with Newton, you bring Hoyer in, not Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. You let him sit the entire year, and you know how strongly I feel on on how players him... can look great after uh, sitting an entire year. Yep, there are there are rare cases where you draft a quarterback in the first round, and then they come out. Andrew Luck style and just light the world on fire. Rare in the, but um before like oh wait though um even if you got him in the first round they sat for a year. Yep, it's usually how it worked. It's, it's because it, it really kind of started with with like with Flacco and Matt Ryan. Yep. Um before that even if you got him in the top five they they sat for a year. It's what it was. Yep. And let's be clear, Joe Flacco was, was supposed to do the same thing. He was. Troy Smith got a freaking stomach bug, and all of a sudden, here we are. Well, Joe has to start, and Troy who? Yep, exactly. Um, Speaking of the 49ers, the, one of their former wide receivers, Trent Taylor, he signs on with the Bengals. It's an okay signing. Eh. Trent Taylor's a, a decent slot guy. The Bengals, so they go out and they draft him our chase. They go out and get... They had T. Higgins in, la- in the second year or second round of last year's draft. 
So they've got those two guys. They get Trent Taylor as their slot. They have a young receiving core over there that I don't know is completely ready to jam right now. Um, I, I like Jamar Chase, the and, and I understand him and Burrow have, have a chemistry, but I don't know if this team and their receiving core is going to be strong enough. I think there's a, a couple of guys that are afterthoughts on that team. I, I, I know we're, we're going to be talking about this in much more detail in coming weeks and coming mm-hmm. shows, but you're talking about a team that at its best could potentially um, make the best team in football sweat a little bit for a game. Mm-hmm. At its worst is an own 16 team. Right. Um, it's this, very this is a team that's developing. You you have the like, – I, I stand by it. You have the quarterback. Burrow's the guy. Yeah. And I'm it makes it makes it pisses me off that that, that a team in my division has a guy that's the guy. Now to be fair, Joe Burrow, before he went down, everybody thought he was really good. Twenty second ranked quarterback in the league last year. So it was I mean, his first year he got thrown into a shit oh, team. Yeah, for sure. Like even worse than what Lawrence is getting thrown into. Yep, I agree. Um now But he but every week they were threatening teams. Yeah. They were. And, and without AJ Green. Well, AJ Green was trash anyway. I mean, come on now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean I, Joe Burrow, he's he's in a good situation with, with his receivers. I don't know that Trent Taylor's gonna make it. He's probably no, not Trent gonna Taylor's make it. Trent Taylor's kind of a, a non factor to me. Yep. But this is a team that fast forward three years, you could be talking about the Bengals in a, as a Super Bowl contender. Super Bowl contender, high end playoff contender. You you could see them consistently in the playoff picture and making. I, I was way telling my dad, you know, and for anyone who doesn't know, my, my my dad's a diehard Steeler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told him, I said, Steelers could get fourth, and, and he got insulted right away. I'm like, <laughs> so, no, so we're we're talking about a seven and nine fourth place team, though, right? Or maybe well, just we have the extra game, but you see, so you know, you, but you know right. what I mean, like, seven and ten, um, eight and nine. Um, I'm not saying they're gonna be the best division. I think we all know who's gonna be the best division in football, but. Steelers are going to be like on, on the cusp of playoffs. They always are. Mm-hmm. They, as long as Big Ben's healthy, they're going to be a, a, a fringe playoff team. The Browns are. They're likely. not going to be in. The Steelers aren't going to be ten and zero. No. But the Browns and Ravens are kind of going to lead the pack for the most part. Mm-hmm. But Bengals are not going to be a team that you look at your schedule and go, "That's a win. That's a win." No, you have Joe Burrow there. Right. You have you have Jamar Chase today, and you still have a, and, and you still have a, a mix in there. Um, who had a, who had a rough year last year, but it's going to be a team that. That should go like a like a like a six and ten, but you're not just going to steamroll through them. As long as Mixon stays healthy, for the record, I think he's going to have himself a bounce back here. He's a, he, he had a very big issue with durability last year. Yeah. Bengals are not going to be a steamroll team. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Giants. Giants. Uh, so first and foremost, let me let me throw this one out there because this one's the the lesser. It, it's amazing that that's the lesser newsworthy one. I think this is a great sign. They they go out and, and sign the Eagles running back Corey Clement. That's a quietly good signing. Very good. Change of pace back. Um, but Clement has come in and has dazzled in certain situations where he has had to come in in a reserve role and start in a game when either Miles Sanders went down or whoever else. And he has done a really good job being a good change of pace back, but also starting in certain games. Mm-hmm. I like Corey Clement. I think this is a good signing to get the guy for cheap. It's on a one-year deal. Gotta like that. But the more interesting one for the Giants, which I found interesting, but it could pan out given the circumstances. I like it, actually. I do, too. Currently. The Giants sign former wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin to play tight end. So, um, before the weight gain and release and gone thing happened, yep. 
he was one of the best receivers in football. He was. Ascending to be. Right. But he was always kind of built to be a tight end. Yep. He's he's a even, big boy. Even initially. He's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Um, like, for real. He was drafted at 240. Yep. And right, I think 6'2". Right. Yeah. Right now he's sitting at 245. Yes, he's gained. So, I, I believe he was more like 270 in the worst <laughs> of things, but... So he's 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 um he's built like a tight end, but honestly, we've been talking about. I, I'm sure his forty times not quite as good because it was insane. But you could be talking about quietly a uh, Pitts style tight end here. Yeah, a guy that that you know he he's always been a sizable receiver. Very very um, sort of like T Higgins is. T Higgins was a big bo- is a big bodied wide receiver. Kelvin Je- Benjamin is kind of the same thing. He's a big bodied receiver. Now tight end, fits the mold, good pass catcher, good hands. And fairly quick. Yeah, he's a quick guy. He's the kind of guy that I would like, I, I use the word waste, but he's the kind of guy I would use a 15th round draft pick on fantasy. Right, and and you take a guy like him and you line him up with uh, alongside of a good pass catcher like Evan Ingram, now we're, ta- now we're in business. Now we've got a nice two tight end set with two pass catching tight ends. Mm-hmm. I mean that that in, in Giants you still you still have uh, who's their lead receiver there? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Today. Darius Slayton. You still you're still Slayton. Oh, I'm sorry, Slayton's kind of the two now. Yep, yeah, because Golden Tate's there. No, no, not Golden Tate. Um, Kenny Galladay's over. Yeah, there. so you Giants have quietly put together a very good receiving core for a mediocre quarterback. Yep, and now if Daniel Jones starts rolling this year. I mean, we could see a little something different out of Daniel Jones that we didn't yeah. expect. Now, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is going to be the. I'm not saying Jones going to Super Bowl or anything, but yeah. is Daniel Jones good enough to like play like the Trent Dilfer? Sure, yeah. he absolutely yeah. is. I mean, he's he, I, the bar's low on on that level. Yeah, it's it's low. But uh, to be fair, I like but I if said, you, if you're stacked, yeah, you can get the job done. But the problem is, is Giants defense isn't where it needs to be to pull off something that stellar. It's better. It's better. It's better. It we, needs work. Yeah, they they've made some moves to make it better, and their offensive line, for that matter, mm-hmm. they've they've made better. So I mean, the Giants have made moves. Um, I don't think they made a really great move, like I said, in the draft. We'll get to that, but they do have more weapons there, and they do have a, a, a better defensive core. I think. Um, next up, the Bucks sign some depth. They get uh, corner Antonio Hamilton on a one year deal. It's an okay, okay signing. It's it's a depth move. I get that, but they do need some corner depth. Um, now this is where shit gets interesting. Okay, so we we're in the midst of this. Are we going to the pack? We're going to go to this. I have, I have a couple. I have a couple thoughts here. We're going to go into this Aaron Rodgers saga here. Okay, because Aaron Rodgers is clearly unhappy. We know that he was pissed off when when the the Packers didn't go out and sign a wide receiver last year or or pick up a receiver in the draft in the first round and instead opted to to draft Jordan Love. He uh we're talking 9 of the last 10 years they did not take an offensive player. Yep. Not just receiver, player on yep. offense in, the last, in 9 of the last 10 years. And then they they went out in this draft and drafted a corner. And you could just imagine Aaron Rodgers flipping his coffee table, just just screaming and throwing things. Well, um, I think he already knew. I think because he, he announced knew. on draft day that he wasn't staying at the Packers. Right. Yeah, so he was unhappy. I think he knew that they weren't taking a first round receiver. Aaron Rodgers has come out and said that he wants a contract extension, and that he wants that extension to say that he is QB one no matter what, and that's that's what he wants at this point. 
And I don't know, and the Packers have said, oh, we're willing to do anything to keep Aaron around. Okay, we'll, we'll see how, how far you're willing to go if he turns 42 years old and falls off a cliff. So I mean, they sign a couple quarterbacks, which tells me they know they're going to lose them. Right. Um, Blake Bortles is the big one, I guess. Yeah. The, yesterday they went and signed Kurt Banker, which, I mean, okay, the guy's a former backup, I think, for the, what, the Falcons? And and the Bortles signing is the interesting one. It's okay. It's it's not a bad signing for depth. It's not a bad signing for a backup, especially because they got Jordan Love there. But Blake Bortles is not Aaron Rodgers by any stretch no, of the imagination. but. I think so. They signed him before another team signed a different quarterback. We already talked about. Yep. Um, to me, the proper signing would have been to grab Brian Hoyer. Might have been smart. Brian Hoyer is a better quarterback than Blake Bortles and matches Rodgers better. Yep, he does. And and here we are. And so- and, and if if you're the Packers and, and you wholeheartedly like, even if you're not admitting in public, if you wholeheartedly believe that Rodgers is gone, and you're not ready to start Jordan Love. Yep. Go offer Alex Smith twenty five million right now to play one year. Yeah, you could. Alex Smith can get you by. Yep, and teach Jordan Love a shit ton. Yeah, we got to see that with old Patty Mahomes over there in Kansas City. One one thing that that I I find interesting about this whole thing is the Packers have they believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in Lambeau, and they have fielded offers. There have been teams that have been calling about Aaron Rodgers. Is he available? How are you? And they've been fielding offers from certain teams, San Francisco being the main one. Um, so they're fielding all these offers. San Fran and Denver have been two. Yep. And, and they're fielding all these offers, but then they say, oh, we're dedicated to keeping keeping Aaron around. Then why are you? I mean, I understand you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not, but at the same time, if you are so focused on keeping Aaron Rodgers in the fold, quit fielding the offers. It doesn't make sense. So here we are. They got Aaron Rodgers uh, all pissed off, and they think he's going to be back. Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, I have a better chance, and this was the quote, I have a better chance of going to a family reunion with my estranged family than coming back to the Packers. That's huge. Aaron Rodgers has literally cut off his family. Now, wherever Aaron Rodgers plays, hey, rock and roll. He might hold out. He might retire. He might go, go host Jeopardy. Okay, We could see that. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers has said, I am not playing for the Green Bay Packers. But now, on the same note, I also kind of admire if the Packers stick with it. I doubt they will. They're still chicken out. But the, um, them being the first team to put their fin- their the, the hammer down and say, no, we're not letting the players dictate what's going on here. And that's the best statement you could have said. Chicken out. That, that's what this is. They're going to chicken is, out. This is contract because chicken. They, because they know that they can get a first rounder with them yep. for them. Well, they or more than that, but if they don't and they and they allow them to sit out, you get nothing. Just let them retire yeah. and your team. You you get more than that. You I mean, this is the league MVP here. I mean, you're you're talking at least two firsts, minimum. I mean, we're, that's a minimum. Well, it, it depends how long teams view Rogers to play for. Yeah, right now his contract is through twenty three. I mean, this is going to be a, a, an interesting saga. I think if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, Green Bay is not going to win the division. Not by a long shot. No. So th- this is is going to be an ongoing situation. I'm sure in a couple weeks we'll hear more. But Aaron Rodgers, post-June 1, you might start seeing a, a trade come out here. And uh, if it if it does happen, I think they're going to do it post-June 1. I think the cap hit is less at you're, that point. You're going to see a lot kind of happen after June 1. Right. So I think Aaron Rodgers might be on the move after June 1st. 
Now, next up, you got the Broncos right tackle, Jawan James, tearing his Achilles while working out off-site. And then he goes out, and, and the Broncos, they, they opt to not pay him. So in the contract, it says if you work out off-site and you get hurt, then we don't have to pay you. So he's working out off-site. He gets hurt. Nobody, apparently, none of the players knew this in the contracts. So all these players are working out off-site. They get hurt. And and they, they don't get paid or they can't get paid. Normally the teams pay these guys. But the players didn't know. So these players have been working out off-site this whole time without knowing the details of that contract. Jawan James tears his Achilles. The Broncos opt to not pay him. Jawan James gets angry. Then they cut him because working off-site is a violation of his contract. It's crazy. See, I didn't know that. Yep, I didn't know that either. Well, you think the players would be more privy than us, but yeah. still. Um, this is a weird one because you'd think you'd want to encourage your players like, hey, stay in shape all spring long, like keep yourself going. But here's the thing that, that drives me insane about that. Okay. You've got guys that are, are working off site. I get that. So I guess my, my thing comes in where, okay, you're going to, you're going to try and stay in shape and you're going to do it at home or whatever you got to do. You have a state of the art facility over there. In, in Denver, and you, you you essentially have it like, it's in your contract, it's almost like insured workouts, you know, like, oh, if I get hurt, I have insurance that I'm going to get paid by going to the facility and working out. So well, why wouldn't you just work out in the facility? So what if you're a guy who, um, you know what, I, um, I have to be, like, during football season, I'm in Denver, but what if you chose not to move your family? Yeah. What, what if you're coming from the, from the, from the West, from the East Coast? Like if I was if I if I was in a situation where I was playing for a football team, I'm moving my family to that city. But not all do, and it's, you know? and it's not required by them to do so. It's not required, but but I I would be moving my family. I'd say, all right, it's time to go. I'm gonna go live in the city of blah. You I, know, I guess it's different for me because I went to four different high schools, five different elementary schools, <laughs> right. four different junior highs. Like, so I I get the idea of not wanting to move your family. So I get it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm speaking for more of that terms, but maybe, so for not every player, it's not always easily capable to say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to move my... Because we're talking O-linemen, right? Yeah. So their salaries aren't incredibly great compared to most. Yep. So maybe going through that whole moving process wasn't... I don't know. I don't... I, now, this is speaking for me. I, I don't do... I do not know where he lives and what his story is, but here, but you can't expect all 52 players in your, in your starting roster to move to Denver. I know. If it was just me, though, I'd, I'd be like, all right, well... I'm here eight weeks out of the NFL season, or, or or sometimes nine now. It's it's every other year you're at home for that. Well, they have their practices thing. though, which would be in yep. Plus, so ba- got- basically from September, from August, no, really, really July from from July all the way to January. Yeah, I mean January, maybe even February, depending on the Super Bowl situation. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking. I mean. That's a long no, time. It makes sense to to move your family, yeah. but, but not all do. And that's why I'm saying that you you you're gonna be there eight months out of the year as it is. I mean, uh, you, you're talking well, March, April, vet, veteran, May, veteran, uh, nine months. The veterans don't got to report to what end of July, middle of July. I think it's isn't it June? I thought it was in in maybe it's June post June first. I think it was when the training camps start up. But really, you're you're there for nine months anyway. Well, okay. 
<laughs> just move there. It, it just seems logical to me. And I understand guys guys are journeymen and they move all over the place. Those guys I understand keep your freaking family wherever. But there are guys like Jawan James. He had a good sized contract. And he was gonna be in Denver for a while. I don't understand. It just it seems silly to me. But he gets hurt, he doesn't get paid, he gets cut, it's a big mess. And and the players are in something of an uproar about this too. The the players association, they're all like and you would think the players association would be like, Yeah, like you shouldn't have been doing that. But no, the players association is up to arms up in arms. This is what the contract said. You know, <laughs> it just it's crazy to me. Um, next up, we got the Dolphins. They released starting safety Bobby McCain, who subsequently gets signed by the Washington football team. They they signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, this is a good signing. I think this guy is a bit underrated for, for what he's capable of. Bobby McCain's not a top-tier safety. He's not a top-tier defensive back, but he's a good defensive back. He's a serviceable guy that you can put as a safety, or you can even play him at corner. He's better at safety, though. and he he he's kind of a utility defensive back. I like him a lot. Um, this is a good signing for Washington, though. This is a, a, a hit for them. Yeah. No, it's it's okay. It's okay. It, it's I. They don't really have much at the safety position. I think that's and that's they, the big. They thing. already have a pretty good defense. I think he kind of gets buried in the in the process. I I I think he starts. I think he winds up being as kind of safety number two there, whether it be free or strong, but. It's a good signing, um, and, and they get a veteran player on a cheap deal. I mean, it, it's it's a good signing for them, and he's on a one-year deal on top of it. So it's it's low-risk, high-reward. So one thing I do want to talk about kind of to kind of break our – because we're about halfway through the news here, but one thing you don't have on here that I kind of want to discuss. Um, I know Brady's not very happy about it, but what, what's your take on this on, – on the NFL's new rules on the, on the, on the numbers, on, on, the, the, on the jersey numbers, like how basically they've pretty much opened every every position up to – Mostly any number. I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. Why? Why? It just makes makes no sense. You're okay. I, I I agree with Brady's idea of oh I need I how are the referees going to identify certain uh, players that are violating certain rules and and I get that but I also think it's kind of silly. Like, what's the point of having the numbers at all at that point in time if you're just going to open them up to 1 through 49? Receivers are have always notoriously been, you know, it, I, I think they've always been, I, I think it's 1 through 14, and then 80 through 90, I think, has always been the, the receiving numbers there. Uh, the offensive linemen have always been, you know, 50 through 79, I think it's always been. So it just seems kind of a silly thing. Sometimes they're in the nineties. I think the defensive been the defensive players have also been in the same boat. But realistically, I I, I understand Brady's gripe. I, I get it. I, I and I think the quarterbacks and the kickers and stuff. They, I mean, they they should remain in those early numbers. It it just there's a lot of stuff that could get messed up in terms of referee calls. Is is the big one, and that was that was Brady's big gripe was the referee calls. How are you going to identify certain players violating certain rules? Uh, well, so and so looks like a linebacker, and he's he's got a, a lineman's number. So is he it's, actually violating a rule? It's there? irrelevant. It's because so it is. because before we play, what we don't see is 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 the um, acknowledging eligibility. So the referees already fucking know. They already know. 
So I didn't like Brady's. Oh well, good. Um, good luck trying to read defense. Like no, know who a freaking linebacker is. Know who a corner is. Like you, you know what they look like. The, you, you know your schemes well enough. The referees know the schemes well enough. I, I think the big thing about about that is identifying who actually is a linebacker and who is a lineman based on the rules itself. But linebackers and on line, defense, they're, they, they all follow the same rules. Who li- cares? Like for for or, or corner versus a lineman. You know, there there are certain rules that it, it opens up the idea for trick plays a little more often, but get the job done. There I, are, there are certain rules that that don't apply as much to linemen as they do corners in terms of contact. So, for example, if if you got a friggin' lineman, and and really what the list said ultimately was it was just like open to everybody. So I mean, as it should be in my bow! opinion. So you look to me, it's it's a way to identify a player. Who cares what position it is? It's like so, Mister Edge Rusher off here, you know, uh, uh, number one. Yeah, ma- I mean, his number one makes contact with with tight end who is number two, and you it, know, it, it and identifies you as the player. It, it has gets, nothing to do with anything. It gets else. called as a pass interference call, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, it just, no, it, it's going to make the refs more accountable, but uh, but um, it, it's it's a, it's a it's a thing to identify you. That is all it is, in my opinion. Well, and and. I think it was more so a thing to identify the position. I understand Brady's gripe. It's not that I don't. And oh, I, see, I don't get his gripe. Gripe. Stop, stop whining and play football. Well, and, and I don't think it's going to negatively. Like, oh, I, I, I got to look out for numbers now. <laughs> I'm not worried about him looking out for numbers or the players looking out for the numbers. I'm more more so worried about the referees making proper calls. And I think it's going to make it a little more difficult for the the referees given the position. Make the call based on what the play did. Ignore the number. No, I mean, it, and that could be very well be it. I, I, it's, it, it makes very little difference in my opinion. But at the same time, I understand the gripe. I guess that's as far as I go there. Now, I do think the NFL should, uh, and maybe I'm alone on this one. I, I do think the NFL should offer um, one for one replacements if a player who's been in the league more than, say, we'll use two years as an example. We'll use, we'll use Lamar as an example mm-hmm. because Lamar's been asked by Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen wants number eight. Yeah. The odds of him getting it? Slim. Slim to none. Yep. But what happens if Lamar goes, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the team player. I'm go ahead and have it. Then you're gonna have all these people with Lamar number and eight. And there's jerseys. a lot. Yep. There's a lot. <laughs> that's I, the I other think issue. the NFL should honor a, a um, one for one replacement in those jerseys. Yeah, I think that's fair, but they're going to take a bath on that. They're going to have to. Yep. They but but they're the one that, they're the, they're the ones that opened up Pandora's box on it. Right. Yeah, they they're going to wind up taking a bath on now, that. Now, that specific example is not going to happen, but you're going to have a lot of that. Um I believe there's a I can't remember what, what player it was. There's, there's a major corner that just changed the number to number 5. Yeah. So, you you that city is going to you know that team has has a, a lot of jersey sales for that guy. Yep. I I now, now keep on I I can't remember who it was. It was we're we're talking like a uh, top ten corner level player. I'm gonna have to look it up now. I I can't remember who to, but you you're gonna have a lot of upset fans. Oh yeah, because you're you're gonna. I mean, that's, that's some it. people now. Now some people don't care. Yeah, you you have guys that are still rocking Joey Harrington jerseys going to, going to games every, every every week, but some people will. They they're gonna go. I spent a hundred bucks in this jersey for you not to be relevant. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to. Trying to see, um, trying to see who who that was. There there are guys that are that are talking about changing their jersey numbers. Dalvin Cook is talking about changing his jersey number. That's a big one. Ezekiel Elliott, 
Alvin Kamara, Stefan Diggs, Odell Beckham, Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Bobby Wagner, Darius Leonard, Anthony Barr, Levante David, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey yeah. was the one. Yeah, he he's yeah, I think he's the one switching to eight. Stefan Gilmore's talking about going back to five. Tredavious White going to eighteen. Patrick Peterson going back Patrick Peterson I, did change. He's going back to seven. I think that's the bigger issue here. Yep. And and you're gonna have a lot of jersey sales. Now, granted, Patrick Peterson going to number seven is kind of a it, he did it right. He went to a different team and then now, changed that's his jersey fine, number. But, but a lot of those players you listed are on their same team, on the team that they're the star player. I think the only time you should be allowed to change a jersey number is if you change teams. You know, if I get traded somewhere, all right, well, I want my new jersey number to be blah, you know? or And, and a lot of times, the jersey numbers are already taken up. But in this situation, for example, Patrick Peterson did it right. He went to free agency, got picked up free agency. Oh, what's available? Oh, number seven's available, this, and that was my this, old college but number. But but um, Patrick Peterson had already picked a number. Nothing happened with it because it happened so quick. But yep. then this rule happened what two weeks ago? Yep. And here we are. So it's gonna it's gonna be a major issue more from the fans to the NFL perspective, I think. Yeah, and and, and I, the NFL, I I doubt they're gonna take the bath on it, but. They, sh- I agree with you. If they, if they're going to do that, then they, they should. They changed it. It's their, it's it's their, it's their uh, um, bath delay in there. Yeah, or their grave delay, the, or yeah. whatever the saying is. I don't. Yeah, I don't they're they're, gonna, they're well, they're going to take a bath on it, but on the money. But well, they should anyway. But they made their bed. They got to lie in it. Yeah, whatever. It's whatever. the bed. It's the bed. There it is. <laughs> whatever analogy you can think of. Now, uh, next up, then speaking of the Bucks, the Bucks resign Blaine Gabbert to a one-year deal. Um, good backup. I'm happy they got him. Re- they got it done. Um, this is this is just a nice little depth signing guy to sit behind Brady. But also, there have been talks in the past of Blaine Gabbert possibly being the guy to take up the mantle over there in in uh, Tampa once Brady retires. I don't like it, and I see the look on your face right now. I don't fucking like it. Okay, but I I mean, if he is, he is. And maybe I'm maybe I'm alone, but I think. The the best backup signing we haven't even talked about. Which it happened one? weeks ago. We didn't talk about when it happened. We have not talked about it now. But to me, it's the best best backup on the market. Which one? And if if you allowed him to start, would be the greatest quarterback in Alabama history, uh, AJ McCarron. Uh, so every time he's come in for for Andy Dalton, and the many times he's gotten hurt, he balls out. Yeah. Um, didn't he play, did he start a playoff game? I thought he was in a playoff game. At one yeah, because Dalton got hurt week 17 yep, and, yep, and played against the Steelers and was within, like, last drive, almost yep. beat the Steelers. I mean, A.J. McCarron, he's... Would have he, been the best best uh, comeback and upset since Tebow. He's he's good. I don't know if he's great, but he's good. Um, I mean, the history I, of Alabama quarterbacks isn't great in the NFL. But. Well, the history of Alabama quarterbacks is terrible. I mean, and... Tua is trying to shatter that mold, just kind of the same way Justin Fields is trying to shatter, you know, the Ohio State, you know, bad quarterback, you know, narrative there. But ultimately, I mean, he could be good. He could be. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with A.J. McCarron. I, eh, I mean, eh. It's, it's, it's an upgrade from a current day shop. I can agree with that, and, and Matt Schaub did retire. Yep, and He's so they the replaced Matt Schaub with A.J. McCarron, which is a good replacement. Yeah. And I'm not shit on Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub back in the day was a very good quarterback. He had a very, but very good He career. had a steep drop-off. 
Yeah. Well, in Houston. That just is what it is. Yeah, he started. He got those picks in in Houston, and it was rough after that. Um, next up, you've got the Broncos wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton. He suffers a torn ACL. He's likely he was likely to be traded, but now he's going to be on IR and likely out for the season. This is the gentleman, if I'm not mistaken, that started at quarterback for them this season, is it not? I think so. Yeah. Um, and and he was uh he's a receiver, but I mean he wasn't a very high end receiver and he was a hella bad quarterback. But um It's not his fault. He got <laughs> hey. They went, hey, who's thrown a ball before? I threw one once. Hey, you you played in high school? Okay, jump in there. You know, and, and I felt bad for the kid. Oh, he did horrible. But it, there it is. Deshaun Hamilton goes down. He's not going to get traded, obviously, now um, until people can see that he's healthy. I think, to be honest with you, I think this is like calling it a career for him, to be honest. And I think that's kind of sad. Um, next up, the Jaguars signed the former Broncos quarterback, Tim Tebow. Because all he does is win. Tim Tebow. I mean, he hasn't. But. Yeah. To play tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, division 8 and 8. Just, just saying. Unleash. It's like Skip Bayless says. Please don't. Tim Tebow. Because all he does is win. Come on, Tyler. Get with it. I mean, he's his winning percentage is under 500. Uh, all saying. he does is win. All, all he does is win. He won the division 8 and 8. <laughs> He won the division eight and eight. Uh, I know eight he did. And eight, I know he eight did. Eight and eight. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't think he's really that good. Come on, now. I just think it's funny. <laughs> did he only complete complete four passes in the Steelers game? One of which just happened to be just across the middle, fucking Ac- slant. Actually, it was two for eight. Okay, two for eight for thirty-four yards. I remember <laughs> that game, and it was fucking horrible. I can't believe that they actually won that game with him going two for eight. So I had high high hopes for Urban Meyer when he first got hired, mm-hmm. and it's all gone. It's being dashed, isn't it? Uh, he's hiring his buddies, and Tim Tebow get. I I feel like I, I feel like I say this a lot in certain players, but Tim Tebow doesn't make it to week one. No, I think he gets cut. I think he comes off that roster pretty quick. Um, I, I mean, Urban Meyer isn't gonna. You know, Urban Meyer is not gonna play his shit. You know, I think he's giving him a chance. Yep. But he's not going to last. No, no, no. I think I think this is going to be a, a very quick thing. We're going to get to the preseason. He's going to get cut. Probably he'll probably make the last cut. I'll, I'll give him that. The guy, the guy's an athlete. Let's put it. I mean, let's not forget. He was an athlete. He he played it's decently been like in six baseball. Years, right. He played decently with the baseball not stuff. Really, he was decent. Um, for, especially for single A, maybe. Well, was wasn't he in in double A or triple A ball at one point? Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I get certain players like crosshairs. <laughs> I just fucking hate them. Yeah, I I can see that that fucking Drew Locke. Um, so that was right. It, well, we're not sure yet. But Tim Tebow, Tim Tim, we don't know yet. Tim Tebow um uh, is now one of the tight ends for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see how that works out. Um, earlier this week, well, technically last week, quarterback Mike Hughes and the seventh round pick go to the Chiefs, and the Vikings get a sixth round pick. Mike Hughes is a bust. Um, he is, but you could have gotten more for him, I think. A little bit more. I agree with that. It's Just getting a sixth rounder and having to give a seventh just seems a little little light for me. Especially because you gave up a first rounder. I think the big thing about Mike Hughes is the injury history. You don't know what's wrong with this guy. There, He's had two ACL issues. He's had a neck issue. He's had a concussion issue. I mean, there, there's a lot of problems with Mike Hughes' durability. And I didn't like Mike Hughes. I didn't like this pick when it came, when it happened. 
you heard me go off about this pick when it happened because I didn't even think Mike Hughes was a, a, a top first-round pick. I thought this guy was a fourth, fifth-round pick that they reached on horribly. Um, and and he had one good game, and then in that same game, he tore his ACL. So, I, I mean, he had the one, the one pick six against mm-hmm. the Niners in week one, tore his ACL, he's out for the rest of the year. Mike Hughes, eh, okay. He's, he's garbage. The Vikings now need to go out and get another corner because they've lost a lot of corner depth with this trade and then the Jeff Gladney stuff going on. Yep. With, I mean, they've lost a lot of depth. They they have three good corners right now in Cam Dantzler, Mackenzie Alexander, and Patrick Peterson. They have to go out and get depth now. They could have gotten more for this. Mike Hughes is See, not... I was thinking like Mike Hughes straight up for like a fifth or sixth. Yep, and Mike Hughes, the, the problem with Mike Hughes is... He's not an outside corner. He's a slot guy. Mm-hmm. That's all he is. He tried to play outside, and he did not do well. He is a slot corner through and through, and that will never change. He's a nickel corner. And, I mean, I a lot of people believe that that nickel corners are more valuable than the outside guys. Or No. He's a nickel corner. He's a part-time player. He's a part-time starter. That's what he is. He's CB number three. To me. Agreed. So there, there's that. Um, Washington actually made, and I loved this move. Um, Charles Leno gets released by the Bears, and Washington picks him up on a one-year, $5 million deal. Charles Leno, I don't know if you've looked at his grades recently. 79 PFF grade for, for a starting left tackle. And they got him for one year, $5 million. They're paying chump change. For a top-tier left tackle, this is a great signing. If only they had a quarterback to, to protect. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But th- this is a good signing. I like this. I think I think Leno is going to be awesome. I think they're going to see how he functions in their system. If he does well, he gets an extension. They're going to extend him four years, three years. He's been around for a hot minute. I like him a lot. I think he's going to wind up being great over there in Washington. And they, they fix the hole that they left with the Trent Williams departure over to uh, San Fran. So, good signing. Got him for cheap. I can dig that all day. High end for cheap. I'm all about that. I like it too. Um, Next up, the Cardinals have given the linebacker, Jordan Hicks, permission to seek a trade after the Zayvon Collins uh, selection in the draft. So, Jordan Hicks is a high end linebacker. Good, good coverage. He's getting guy. older. He is, but he's still a high end linebacker. Zayvon Collins, as soon as he got drafted, was being projected and touted as the starter in Arizona immediately, and that obviously directly messes with um, Jordan Hicks's position on this team. I think Jordan Hicks goes somewhere, and I think he continues to flourish and have a great career. And and yeah. He's what thirty years old, thirty one maybe. I mean, he's he's got tread on the tires. He's got plenty. So I mean, I would like to see Jordan Hicks get. Uh, I I mean, he obviously probably won't go back to like Philadelphia, he where he came from. <clears throat> but I could see certain teams looking at him. Uh, Minnesota, they still. I mean, I know they drafted Chaz Surratt. He's only twenty eight. He's only twenty eight. Minnesota could could look at him. Uh, Seattle could be looking at this guy. Baltimore. San, Baltimore. San Francisco. This is Especially the, with them running the 3-4. Yep. These are teams that, that need linebacker help, that need linebackers. 
he'll land and he's going to he's going to probably get a, a big extension. I think right now he's on a one-year deal on his deal too if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think he he got signed to a three-year deal a couple years ago and uh it was it was him and and your boy that got signed over there uh in Arizona. Oh, him and Suggs. Yep. Yeah. So the and and I think he's on the last year of his contract and now with the Zabin Collins signing this is him trying to make his way out. So this is going to be an interesting one, and whichever team gets him gets a big steal. Uh, here's one that, so the Eagles got rid of Corey Clement, and the Lions, they go ahead and wave the injury-prone carry-on Johnson. Which we knew after the way that Swift had played. And the, right. It, well, it was the moment they brought in Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. we knew that carry-on Johnson was gone. I knew that Carrion Johnson was a bust when he got drafted. <clears throat> and the reason I say that, and everybody was all excited about Carrion Johnson, about his speed. Um, what was the first thing I said about Carrion? He's not durable. He's been hurt all throughout his college career. He had injury upon injury. He has several knee and leg issues, ankle issues. This guy, and what did he do? He's first time, first year in the league. You think he tore his ACL? Um, Carrion has has had a litany. Of injuries throughout he, he his career. He definitely has. But when healthy, he's twice the running back Miles Sanders is. Maybe three times. I don't know about that. Miles Sanders it, it looked pretty darn good last year. Miles Sanders himself, however, did have an injury issue as well uh, in his first season. But they wave carry on. Lions wave carry on. Eagles pick him up. I think he's a good backup. He's a good serviceable backup. He's not really much of a change of pace guy. His hands aren't the best out there. He's got some speed to him. This could be a little resurgence for him. But ultimately, Carrion Johnson winds up going to the Eagles and they get him on a dime. I, I'm okay with that. Um, next up, the Colts. So the Cowboys go out and they release Antoine Woods, the defensive tackle. After three seasons, the Colts go and pick him up. You get him on a one-year deal. The details weren't exactly uh, laid out, but they do get Antoine Woods. So Woods was technically defensive tackle number three in Dallas. Because they have such good defensive linemen. I didn't realize how good their defensive tackles were mm-hmm. over there. Um, Woods goes and, and gets picked up. He gets picked up on a dime. The Colts needed defensive, like interior defensive linemen. And I think they got the, that with Woods here. I think he's actually a starter. Even though he was DT3 over there in Dallas, the guy's a starter in the league. I mean, like, this guy can start. So and be a, a number one defensive tackle anywhere, possibly you know possibly a number two, but he's a good defensive tackle. I don't know that this is going to be a death move. I think he starts with the Colts. Oh, I think he does too. And and I think this is going to be a great situation. His PFF grades were out were through the roof. Um, I I really like that. Um, former first round pick Josh Josh Doxson, he gets released by the Jets. <laughs> I mean, Doxson. He's not bad. I can't say he's bad. He's he a, shouldn't be a free agent though. He exactly. He should be, you know, a number 3 slot guy, number 2 maybe in some certain systems where they they're lacking solid wide receiver depth. I mean, Philly wouldn't that be like a viable spot? Oh, I agree. You know, <laughs> that's, that that just seems logical to me. I mean, he, he was in Washington, goes to the Jets, stinks it up with the Jets, gets released. Now he's floating around there in free agency. Josh Doxson needs to get signed. Somebody needs to be, like, there are teams out there that need wide receiver depth. 
I just don't understand how this guy is a free agent at this point in time. He's going to be a fit somewhere. He'll he'll land for the season start. Wasn't he a number one in Washington at mm-hmm. one point? I mean, that that's the thing. So I I don't. He might have been behind Garcon, but he was, but still, he was getting a lot of the attention. He was getting more attention than Garcon at one point. I mean, Garcon he he's another guy that started getting injury prone at the end of his career. Um, next up, you got the, and the Colts also go and sign uh, left tackle Eric Fisher to a one year nine point four million dollar deal. Um, Fisher, so he's coming off an Achilles injury from last year. That's why he didn't play in the Super Bowl with uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs release him to save the money. 9.4 is a pretty reasonable rate for a guy like Eric Fisher. Uh, that And that's only playing the, the injury recovery. Right, and that's so what it is. If he plays at a high level, you're getting a steal. And, and he hasn't given a timetable for his return from his Achilles injury, but if he comes in and does well, we're in great shape here for for the Colts. I mean, mm-hmm. so and and they they fill that left tackle situation, which they needed to do after Anthony Costanzo. Costanzo, there we go, left uh, and retired. So that's a big one. Um, the Lions, the Detroit Lions, go out and extend center Frank Ragnall four years, thirteen point five million per year, makes him the highest paid center in the league now, and rightfully so. Two years ago, when when Ragnall, well, three years ago, when Ragnall got signed, um, we said he looked bad, and we didn't put much stock in him, and he didn't look good in his first year. His first year, he looked rough, and and it looked like we were right. Frank Ragnall has since developed turned in into one of the best centers, one in the of league. the best centers in the league. Yep, and and he gets and signed. based on getting your contract, getting paid the highest paid center makes sense. Yep, four years, thirteen five. This is a good signing for the Lions. They they shore up that offensive line. It's smart. Ragnar is going to be around for a long and time. Especially, so I know I know me and you feel different. Like, so you, they also get they also get Darren Fells at tight end. Yeah, I think is a very good tight end. They can be. They are loaded up in um, with tight ends right now. By the way, and I know me and you feel differently in the Lions draft. Mm-hmm. See, because like I put Lions like I uh, for day one I put Lions as one of the best winners because I think when you have that much. When you, when, you, when, you, when you need that much, basically the Lions needed everything. The only position, the, there, there is no right answer except offensive line. Offensive line is the second most important football position in football. Here's my problem. And here's my issue with, with the way they drafted. And, and we'll talk about this more. You Once you got out of those top three receivers, there wasn't a ton left. Once you got out of the Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Situation, but that's okay. There wasn't really but anything that's okay. available. You're not going to be winning right now, and and I get you, that. You get the guy that's going to be on your team the next 15 years. Receivers don't last that long, and and I get that. But you, but you, then they come back in and, and get a guy who I think can be just as good as Waddle. Who Alan Ross St. Brown? Yeah, I mean can uh, be, can be, can be, can be. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he's going to be, but I to me, if 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 you're putting money out of the top 10, who's a who's um. Who would you put your life savings on being a Hall of Famer? It's 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 the it's it's a Sewell. Panay Sewell. Yeah. Uh, and they, but, they got the guaranteed good player. And I I'm going to give you that uh, uh, grade shortly. I I have on the Lions, but ultimately the Lions wind up with, I mean, a depth tight end. Let's face it, Darren Fells. He's yes. had an injury bug the last couple of years, and they wind up shoring but, up that offense. But as far as protecting term. your future quarterback, and I, I say that because obviously, um. Golf's not going to be the future quarterback. Well, that has yet to be seen. But he, he could, could be. be. He could be. But off the rip, you got Ragnow and and Sewell. Right. I, I, I'd love to play quarterback for Detroit. 
I'll be, I'll be protected. Yeah, but I mean, from those two anyway. Um, also in uh, the Dolphins' land, and this was a good signing, the Dolphins go out and get uh, corner Jason McCourty, the former Patriot, on a one-year deal. The financials are unknown at this time. This is a good signing. They needed corner depth. I dig um, it. He's going to be a starter over there. Uh, they went and picked up Jones from Dallas, and he didn't pan out very much. In year one. In year one, yep. Now we're sitting here, and, and they, they get McCourty. He knows how to how to jam. McCourty does. The McCourty brothers, they don't play. Uh, I think there's a great signing to get him on a one-year deal. It's, it's low risk, high reward. It's good stuff. If he doesn't pan out, he walks out the door, they save the calf space, and they move on. Miami's making moves, and Miami's starting to look like a very, very, very dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Much more than last year. It all depends on two attack of tongue of Aloha there. At this point, yeah. <laughs> it all hinges on, on what he does. Uh, next up, the former Chargers corner, Casey Hayward, signs with the Raiders. One year, $4 million. They got a steal on this one. A steal. I would agree. $4 million for Casey Hayward? That's it? And getting older, but still plays at a high level. Very high level. And you only paid $4 million. I mean, any other corner, Patrick Peterson, to be fair, he went for 10 You got Casey Hayward for 4 That's huge. That's a huge signing. I like this. And they needed the corner depth. Finally, they go out and address the position. This is a smart move by the Raiders, and they get away with one here. And, and the fact that it took that long for Casey Hayward to get signed, mind-blowing. I don't understand that. Um, this is one I know you're in love with. The former Steelers offensive tackle, Alejandro Villanueva. He signs a two-year, $14 million deal with the Ravens. He's older. He's a, still a top-of-the-line offensive it's, tackle. For the price is a steal. It's a good replacement for Brown. Seven a year. We got a good trade for Brown. We didn't really get to talk about it because it happened right around draft week. Right. Um. I'm really good with it. What I, what I loved was his press conference. Yeah. You see that one? No, I have not. So he, he comes out talking. He's like, man, I, I'm glad to be playing for the Ravens. Um, they're a run-first team. That's that's good news for any line for any, any lineman, which which is the case. Yep. As a running team, you do less work as a lineman. Yep. He goes, the receivers here probably aren't too happy, <laughs> which is true. He goes, but I, I bet I, I bet they don't go on the field doing TikTok dances and blaming blaming the losing team for his for shit. Oh, so that's that, that's that, that's both at Juju and then at Claypool for yep. shitting on the Browns, even though the Browns beat you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thought I thought it was like it was like a shots fired kind of. Oh yeah. So he'll be looking to ball out against the Steelers later this year. Yeah, Villanueva, um, great, great offensive lineman, and the the Steelers lose a huge integral part of mm-hmm. that offensive line that has kept that now twice because because yep. you also lost Pouncey. Yep, lost but lost the Pouncey or one of the Pouncey brothers. I, that that's huge. That's a big deal for the Steelers now. Now Ben's in trouble. They're going to have to protect him a little better. Um, the Jets defensive tackle Quinnen Williams breaks his foot during a workout. Thankfully, he was in the facility. It's going to take 10 to 12 weeks to heal, but he should be ready for training camp. Um, that's a, uh, thankfully for them, it happened early enough. Yeah, you're, you know, this is a stud player. This is a Pro Bowl style player that they really need for that team. And hopefully and he'll be back. And I just want to point out, he's just a great guy all yeah. around. The, the the interview did you see the post draft interview? Yeah, he sneezed and he blessed himself. Did you notice that? Yeah. He sneezed and blessed himself. What kind of wonderful human being does such a thing? But but we're uh, in a, chew. I got this. 
<laughs> we're in a position. We need you back, Quentin Williams, because we're in a position that we could make the Patriots be fourth place in the division. Which would be fun. Because Zach Wilson is a great talent that could get you enough wins to pass the Pats. He's starting to look like the real deal. The more I, I watch tape, the more I, I see really tape hope. about him, he looks like the real deal. So that could be exciting. Um, next up, the Broncos, re- well, I'll go with this. Speaking of the Patriots, we'll start there. They decline running back Sony Michelle's fifth-year option, but they are going to pick up the one for offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn. Wins, I, I totally, totally, totally agree. Wynn, I agree with. Um, Michelle, here's the thing about Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle had he had the two great years. He looked good. He I mean won a Super Bowl, right? He had a he had a really good showing in the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Last year, Sony Michelle was hurt, didn't play basically all year long. Everybody was hoping he was gonna come back and he basically didn't didn't do anything. That mix in the Patriots way of just always mixing other running backs in. Yep. To me, you take his fifth-year option. I think I think passing on it's a mistake here. I, I do think it's I a think mistake. you're passing up on your potential franchise running back. Yeah. Um, Sonny Michelle has shown that he can be the back, and he's really done nothing to show that he can't be. He got hurt. Yeah. Not his fault. Um. So And it's true. You can't call him injury-prone. He's talking about one injury. It just happened to linger through all year, kind of like a, like a, like a, a Matt Breida. Right, right, right. right. It, it, it's not his fault, and he's shown that he can. Do, so to me, this is a, this is a head scratcher to me. One interesting, he lands somewhere, and I think kills it. He, he's going to land somewhere, and and the one thing I like about Sony Michelle is that he's not the biggest back out there, but he is a bruiser regardless. Ray Rice, yeah, he he goes out and just pounds people. So that's why I I'm like, pick up the fifth year, pick up the fifth year, just do it. What what do you have to lose? You know, like I, I mean, worst case scenario, the guy you got all the cap space in the world. I mean, they they went out uh, uh, now. If you're a team like the Chiefs, say who are like, on the cusp oh, of yeah. the cap, back right against. Sure, it. I I get not doing the fifth year option because you're going to be paying a lot for it. But your team has plenty of cap. It's going to go back up. Bring it, bring him back. Yeah. Wait, what are you, what are we doing here? And then it's it's low risk, high reward. I mean, if he doesn't work out, you now, just send him out the. Pool. Now I will say sometimes the fifth year option gets dumped because they feel they can sign them in a long term deal that will be less Lower. than what the fifth year will be. Right. Which is totally possible. Yeah. Because the fifth year does go up a lot. I think they're just kind of waiting to see what he does this year. This might this will probably be a prove it year for Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. And and if it, if it is a prove it type of year, okay. My money would be on he proves it. Yeah, it, it just depends on, on the system that they run. Uh, and and I don't know that the Patriots are going to be as successful, especially on the offensive side of the ball with Cam Newton and under center. But if they run a run for zone run scheme and it's Sony Michelle's game, huh. you, know, you know, I'd love to see just because he goes, oh, you didn't win my fifth year? Well, I'm going to ball up this year. And I'm gonna go sign with the Bills next year. Yeah, oh yeah, the Bills are who didn't get their running back. They did not. They did not. One thing they did do, however, speaking of the Bills, they did exercise fifth year but options. If, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't their fault because two teams both took running backs before they had a chance to do it. Right. Right. So the Jags had their second pick, and because which we'll talk about the Jags. Yeah. That's uh, silly. Um, but the Bills did exercise fifth year options. No brainers on quarterback Josh Allen and linebacker Tremaine 100%. Edmonds. Great. Buy yourself time to get, to get the contract figured out. Great moves. I would have exercised because, these. And at the end yep. of the day, realistically, when it comes to Josh Allen, think about this. His fifth-year option is still going to be less than what you're going to sign up for. Yes. It's still, what, 25? Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah something somewhere in that range. I mean, realistically, but, 
And you're you're going to wind I'm, up. I'm going to pull in the Ravens into this one. So the Ravens also exercised a fifth year option Lamar Jackson. Yep. Also a no-brainer. Smart. Now, what could backfire is what I call the Ravens 2012 Super Bowl. If mm. one of those two go win the Super Bowl, you just pay them 10 mil per year more. Yep. That's basically it. I mean, I, I think Josh Allen ultimately is going to be a $40 million quarterback. But if he wins, he's 45 to 50. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and that's the, and the same thing goes for Lamar. Lamar's in that thirty-five to forty window. He wins a Super Bowl. You're paying him close to fifty, and both of them are dangerously close to winning. Yes, both of them are dangerously close. Um, if, if if you went to a coma and you woke up on February tenth, and and and, they, and you asked, oh, who won the Super Bowl? That'll be your first question as a right. football fan. And and if they if they said Bills or Ravens, you go makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So they're on the cusp. So honestly, doing the fifth year option, taking it is. Kind of a risk, yeah, in a way, a little bit, a little bit. But they the the big thing about about now rookie quarterbacks in in so they look at the window. I know there there's the window now. They call it they, that's that's been the new term, the window. No quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl, and no team has ever won a Super Bowl with their quarterback taking up more than seventeen percent of their salary cap. So in this situation, for example, or I think it's actually more than fifteen percent. In the current situation, for example, in Minnesota, you got Kirk Cousins taking up, I think, 18% of the salary cap. And and you're going to get to that situation where in Kansas City, Patty Mahomes, he had to restructure to actually make things work for that football team. And real, if you look at it, he's taken up, I mean. A lot more than 17. Yeah, we're, we're talking 25, you know, of their, their salary cap, if not more. So, and and you're going to see that same problem with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott just got signed to that $40 million deal. And guess what? Dak Prescott is going to go out and he's not going to have anything available to him. He's going to be asked to restructure at some point in time. These quarterbacks are starting to, and, and a few of them are, there are few of them are starting to understand, Patrick Mahomes being one of them, I need to restructure so that my team can build things around me. I wouldn't say he gets it yet because he still, he still garners a lot of that cap. Well, right. I, I think. What did he take? A, a ten million dollar cut or a fifteen million dollar cut? It wasn't even a cut. It was more of an extension. Really. It was. It yeah, kind of. It, I mean, they they used the voidable year situation and and all I that. like the Bills. I like Josh Allen, so I'm gonna I'm gonna include Josh in this. Like, Josh, Lamar, pay attention to what's happening in Chiefs. Right. They know they screwed up, and Mahomes is trying to help, but it's already signed, so there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Take the cut. Take the cut. Take Mama, the cut. Mama. Tell Lamar to do the right thing. <laughs> they then these guys, I understand they want to go out and they want to get paid, and I, I don't blame them. But now the the quarterback market—that's the problem. The quarterback pay scale has gone up faster than the the salary cap has gone up. And now when the salary cap takes a dip like it did in the middle of a pandemic, here we are. So now, the way I look at it, and I, let's be honest, Scott. What's the difference between a hundred million and two hundred million when it comes to you personally? Really, nothing. Right. Nothing. It's double. Yeah. But realistically, it. I'm going to be out there living my best life regardless. With with a hundred million or two hundred million, right? Or fifty million or five. Either way, I don't have to worry about money for the rest of my life. And and <laughs> kids and grandkids at least. Yep. So yeah, getting that almost billion dollar or hundred whatever it was that or five hundred million dollar deal that um Mahomes got. Yep. Most of that money gets benefited way after you're gone, but I I couldn't, I can't even like there. So 
somebody is one like I I, I was talking about like fifty thousand dollars. One of my friends he he hit the lottery once and he won fifty grand and he was like, oh yeah, I won fifty grand. And I'm like, wow, I, I can think of fifty thousand things I could do with fifty thousand dollars. I can't think of five hundred million things I could do with five hundred million dollars. I'm sure there's a lot of crazy shit I could do. You know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna garner a guess here. This isn't this is a knock at you. This is at most people. If you came with 500, 500 million reasons, half of them end up with your death. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have enough time to spend that money. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not talking time. Like half it is doing something stupid enough to die. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like whether it be um, hookers and blow or wh- whatever it might be. <laughs> Everybody's looking for the hookers and blow. But but you know what I'm saying though, right? Or you you end up um mixed. I think Breaking Bad. <laughs> you, you watch Breaking Bad? <laughs> yeah. Um. Because he, because because Walter White, he just wanted enough money to, to take care of his family and take care of his stuff. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get with uh, get with Stockmire now from Face Kicked Apparel and and make a Hookers and Blow T-shirt. <laughs> hookers and Blow with but, the outside. But he wanted enough money to take care of his family, <laughs> and then it turns like, oh, I can get that kind of money. Yeah, let's do it. Um, we're killing now. We're killing people now. We're doing this like yeah. It's a steep slope. <laughs> Hookers get and the blow. money you need. Get your team. Get your Super Bowls. And maybe your hookers and blow. And actually, Tom Brady put it best. And I hate the guy. I hate the guy. Yep. But he was asked, um, "What would you trade for having that perfect season when you had when you went sixteen when you went sixteen and zero and had the perfect season to the Super Bowl?" And you know, he said, "Did you see this?" No. He said, "I would trade all my other rings for the one perfect season mm-hmm. because a person was a Super Bowl every year." It's like the girlfriend that got away. You know, that's it's like the one that got away. It's, it's he, he says the QB wins the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, he sits but there. Only he, one guy has ever done it perfect. You imagine he's got the picture of like David Tyree doing the helmet catch. He's like looking at the picture of it and just crying. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> he's just and now I know um uh, whoever the Miami quarterback was it because it wasn't Marino whoever whoever it was it did the fourteen and zero season and won Super Bowl. I can't remember his name on top of my head. Oh, it was uh, Zonka Zonka with the uh, with Don Shula and yeah, the yeah. seventy two Dolphins. But he said, like, person was the Super Bowl every year. Only one time in the history of the Super Bowl has the team done it perfect. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Now, would I trade seven rings? Probably not. No. But I, I no. get I get what he's saying. I understand it, though. I, like, I, like th- there's that sense of immortality with you had the perfect season. Right. And they and to this day, and I think that's, you know, you, you look at certain things uh, in the Super Bowl era that people remember. People remember the Packers won the first Super Bowl. People people remember that the Pittsburgh Steelers won four in out that. Of five. Uh, yeah, four, well, yeah, they won four out of five in that. That you know those first eleven bowls and and people. But what do people talk about? They always talk about those seventy two Dolphins mm-hmm. being undefeated and winning the Super Bowl fourteen and zero and going and, all the and way. People people remember teams that had like that had like like like, like oh they man. They didn't have an offense. They won the, like, like as, as Ravens kind of hear yeah. that shit, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, people always talk about certain like, things that get to get remembered about. Yeah, you. the Niners winning five. You know, I mean, you 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 remember these things throughout. You know, and, and the Patriots now winning seven. And I mean, and the, I guess on, I'm on this long tangent, but my point is, Mahomes and and the guys are just now getting drafted. These second year guys. Um, we're gonna talk about Darnold here in a second, but mm-hmm. those young guys like. Don't aim for Brady. Like Brady's told you, like that he would trade what he has. Don't aim for to be the Brady. Aim for have the best season. 
Yeah, of all time. You you have to build your team around you though, and that's that's and you the can't key build here. the season singular, not yep. plural, of all time unless there's enough cap to go around. Yeah, and they they've got to make that sacrifice. So you're going to see guys that do that, and and you're mentioning Darnold. Darnold. So the Panthers they trade for Sam Darnold before the draft. They get Sam Darnold. They decide to pick up his fifth year option. Matt Rule says they did because the Panthers didn't draft a quarterback. They said. He says, I just really believe in Sam Darnold. I do, too. I think Sam Darnold was on, a, was on the wrong team. That I, I think that, that might be what killed him early on. And, and Sam Darnold, imagine if he comes out in Carolina. Imagine how, that, how condemning that would be, how damning that would be for the New York Jets organization if Sam Darnold comes out and just lights the world on fire this year. Give imagine Sam that. Darnold team that Sanchez had. Yeah. I think he does much better than Mark Sanchez 100%. did. So we have that. Now, one guy that I know you don't believe in is Drew Locke, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater got traded from the Panthers over to the Broncos. Drew Locke, uh, they, they basically are having a, a QB competition. Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. Vic Fangio saying that they're going to split practice reps 50-50 across the board. Um, does Teddy Bridgewater take that starting position, Tyler? Yep, 100%. Yep, uh, and I'm kind of with you there. It will be... It- it will be um, Drew Locks getting the backup um, snaps before training cap even ends. Oof, uh, you really hate Drew Locke. You it's hate not good. You hate Drew Locke more than good. Josh Rosen. Um, the Broncos also went out and they released the uh, backup quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Bad quarterback, good third stringer. Um, I, I, I obviously Jeff Driscoll is coming in a handful of games. We've seen him. He's he's, I'll say a middle of the road third stringer. Um, now a couple other fifth year options that got declined. Uh, you had Leighton Vander Esch. This one took me by surprise until I looked up the stats on him. And Leighton Vander Esch, you know, I remember that first season we were talking about, he man, this guy could be rookie of the year material. After that first year, he really tapered off. He's going into a contract year now. The last two seasons for him have been really rough. I understand Dallas hasn't had much in terms of defense. Let's face that. Their secondary's been bad. Leighton Vander Esch has, has not been utilized properly. I think he hits free agency. I think he lands, and I think he has a career resurgence somewhere else. I think he's that good of a player, and and I, I just feel like Dallas has, has wasted this guy, and, and realistically, I he hasn't been given the best situation. Dallas has always been offense, 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 offense. We're going to have the best offensive line, and we got these three all-pro receivers, and we got Dak Prescott, and we just signed him to the $40 million a year deal, and we got Ezekiel Elliott. It's always been offense on the on the Dallas Cowboys. They're like the Atlanta Falcons now, where they, they have all this great offensive stuff, and all their cap is sunk into that offense, and here they are with nothing on defense. Nothing. I mean, it's it's ridiculous they just went out and drafted a a first round corner when realistically they should have been been getting more veteran help on this football team on the defensive side of the football they have failed to do that Leighton Vander Esch has been hung out to dry I think he goes somewhere else I think he lands I think he has a career resurgent I think he does great I I'm with you 100% on that one um, another fifth-year option that got picked up, no surprise, sort of a no-brainer, and the reason I say sort of is because of his injury issues, but the Giants do pick up the fifth-year option on running back Saquon Barkley. Barkley's one of the best running backs in the league when healthy. Yep. 
He got he got hurt last year, so we're kind of forgotten about him. But he's one of the, he's one of if not the best back in the league. Yeah, he's he went healthy. He's he's so dynamic, um, able to catch the ball, able to it's run a, the it, ball. It's a freak injury. It's I, I'm I'm not going to put much stock in the injury right now. Right, and and I think he's going to come back and make a huge difference for Daniel Jones this upcoming season. That's going to be an exciting one. Now here's a fifth year option, and I got a hammer on you a little bit. Because I remember you talking about this guy like he was going to be the bee's fucking knees. Bullshit. You were talking about him when he got drafted, that Hayden Hurst was going to be the bee's knees. And I had actually told you that the other tight end, I forget who. Mark Andrews. Oh, it was Mark Andrews. I was telling you that, was it Mark Andrews that got drafted? Same same draft. Was it him? I thought it was just sicky. Maybe I'm crazy. So so what what I said, and I quote, is I don't watch college. But they, they, they took who's supposed to be the number, number one tight end, tight end on the board, so I'm good with it. But I knew nothing about Hayden Hurst. I just said, they took a tight end, I'm okay with it. You said he was going to be a star. I don't know. I knew nothing about him. Yeah, and, and I, I, I wasn't paying attention to college at that point. And I said, this guy's going to be a bust. And he turned out, well, he sort of turned out to be a bust. He wasn't good in, in Baltimore, came to Atlanta. He had no okay season last year. I won't, I mean, he had 650 yards. I think he had four touchdowns on the year. Not a bad year for a tight end. Um. They let him walk because they drafted Kyle Pitts number four overall. Yes, he kind of saw <clears> the writing on the wall. Yeah, there. so uh, Hurst is going to be there this year, but this will be his last year. To me, what they—I mean, I think it's smart that they maintained Hayden Hurst. I would have just extended Hayden Hurst or, or picked up the fifth-year option, extended him, and, and had that dual tight end set. This could be a complete game changer. Instead, they're sitting around with with one star tight end on their on their payroll. Um, and Kyle Pitts, <clears throat> you don't want to to have a situation where Kyle Pitts is is the only tight end that you're throwing to, or that they can throw to. I don't like the move of just letting Hayden Hurst walk. I, I understand they're going to want to, you know, see how he does, but realistically, I think they should they should be keeping Hayden Hurst around. Maybe it's just my opinion, but Kyle Pitts, from all angles. Everybody is saying Kyle Pitts is just the next big thing. That's all we're hearing. Whether or not that's true, we'll find out. But all we will be. But all we've been hearing is how this guy is a super athlete, how he is a genetic freak, how he is a monster, and how he's he got all the size and the intangibles and great hands. So we'll see what Kyle Pitts does. But the rumor is that he's the second coming of Tony Gonzalez. So we'll find out. Um Steelers signed quarterback Mason Rudolph on a one-year, $5 million extension. He's an okay backup. Okay backup. I know you hate him because he's Steelers and he's got his head caved in. But <laughs> but let's... I just don't think he's any better than Dobbs or Haskins. He's, he, I, I think he's better than Haskins. Uh, I, yeah, I, probably. Yeah, I mean, just about everybody's better than... Hell, I'm better than Haskins. But um, I could go I mean, outside. He, I, I mean, I think he's better than Haskins pre... Uh, uh, Concussion, I guess. Yeah, I we'll call I, it a concussion, but it was much worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, it's a, he's a good backup, and it's a cheap backup. Five million is is good for a backup quarterback in yeah. this league. Five million is a fair price. Um, and last but not least, the Seahawks signed former first round defensive lineman, and you're gonna have to help me with this name, Tyler. Oh, I can't help you, <laughs> Robert in Inkindichi. I think it is how it goes. Um, after Maybe the end silent. Yeah, maybe. Kim Nietzsche? I don't know, but he, he gets released by the Dolphins. 
Um, this is a good signing. He's a higher-end guy. His PF graph grades were up last year. Um, the Dolphins, I think he's more sort of a cap casualty than anything. But he's a good player. Seahawks get a steal there. They didn't sign him for very much as far as I know. So they, they wind up with a good defensive line, and they needed a good defensive lineman after the Jerron Reed uh, issues. So that's your news and notes around the league. Tyler, we're going to take a break here. We're going to be jumping into draft shit. Draft shit, because we got all kinds of draft shit. Um, starting with the, the Arizona Cardinals here. We're just going to go in alphabetical order, because who gives a fuck? But um, we're going we're gonna to go down the, uh, the teams. We're going to talk about their drafts a little bit. Give them our grades. I want to look at their grade. I want I, first. I want to give them a grade overall, but then I also want to give them a grade on their first round pick. So um, and how their how their day one went. So uh, we'll be right back, and uh, we're gonna get a quick word from our sponsors right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? And he's here. Yeah, I am. And uh, welcome back to the land of smoked French fries. Uh, I am your host. Yes, yes. See, you need to understand that this new smoking hobby is out of control for me. It really is. I've become, that's my old man it's hobby. Old. It's my old man hobby. Where's your sandals? Yeah, dude. No, Do no. You have I, sandals? No, I, I see. I've got these Nikes. These are the most no, stylish need, shoes need, I've ever had. Sandals. No, I need some New Balance. You need sandals. God, with socks? Yes. <laughs> with the socks and the cargo shorts, the whole deal. But um, and uh, I and this is how old I'm getting, by the way. I've gotten to the point where I'm standing on my back patio and I take pictures of my lawn and post it on Facebook. Be like, that's a fine ass looking lawn. You, you need sandals with socks. <laughs> um, not 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 the um the like the flip flops. Not not the um, strap. You need like the ones with like the the strap where you have the button through like, oh, like a belt. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. Whole deal. that's that's the way to need. do it in a fanny pack. Perfect. Be the the perfect tourist old man. But uh, we are back for um for uh, the draft stuff, draft grades. We we didn't get a chance to do these. I know these are a little late, folks. We we had vacations. We had things going on. It's okay. We have lives outside of this this pod. But we are back to you. I promise. Um and and we're gonna be hitting these things every two weeks. So we can get the through the off season all together because we know the off season is the hardest. This is the hardest part of the off season as well, isn't it? Post draft, you got this little span of time from mm-hmm. from now until basically week one, where things get a little hairy. It gets a little exciting in August because we do our fantasy stuff. 
Really, yeah, like really, right now is really what we should be doing about a month in between. But I think we're gonna kind of just kind of base it on kind of news is going on. Yep, see what's going on, kind of check everything out. But you'll see, you'll see different uh, pods coming out, and you know maybe have some emergency ones if some interesting things happen. But ultimately, um, we're we're gonna be trying to to get through this season all together. There, this off season all together, folks. We're 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 all in the same boat where we're just waiting. So uh, starting out on our, our draft stuff, like I said before the break, we're going to be doing a little bit of a uh, a grade on the first round and a grade on the draft as a whole. I think that's that's a, a fair assessment here. It's going to be more of a fire sale. We're just going to kind of do like shotgun, let's yep. go. So we're going to start. Alphabetical order is what we're going in. We're starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they went 8-8 eight and eight last year. So here's the thing about the Arizona Cardinals draft. Um, they're obviously trying to move on from Larry Fitzgerald. Second round, they go and get Rondale Moore. Their first round pick was Zayvon Collins, the linebacker. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Obviously, they think he's going to be taking the place of Jordan Hicks, who's currently seeking a trade. The rest of the draft for them was pretty uneventful. I mean, Tay Gowan's first a decent player. First two rounds were good. Yeah, because Rondale Moore's the pick. I, I I can't fault them there. Right. And with him, you have a great receiving core there. So I. Yeah. I think as they, a whole, I'm going B minus. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. B minus, maybe a because C plus. rounds one and two are an A. Yeah, I I think one and two are an A for them, given what they're what they needed. Um, they still haven't gotten a real replacement for Patrick Peterson. That's something that they're really missing. Uh, Patrick Peterson, he had a down well, season last they, year. They we went know that. the route of uh, give Murray what he needs. Right, and I and, think next year is going to be a corner-heavy type of situation. I think the Rondale Moore pick was based more so on Christian Kirk. They thought Christian Kirk was going to be the vertical threat receiver. He turned out to be, eh, he's not really the guy. He still could be. He could be. I think Rondale Moore is going to be, you know, more in that mix. But Zayvon Collins, I thought, was just the pick. Um, I thought Collins was going to fall, though. I thought it was a little bit of a reach. They could have come back in that draft and, and traded down and still wound up with Zayvon Collins, I believe. But ultimately... This is about a B minus C plus for the Arizona Cardinals. I thought that Zayvon Collins pick was an A, and I'll go as far as saying that Rondale Moore pick was an A. For sure was. I, I think rounds one and two they get an A, exactly. but after that, and maybe maybe Wilson um, surprises us. Yeah, and, and if he does, they're looking scary. Right, and and if if he does, that's going to be a good time. Um, next up, we got the Hotlanta Atlanta Falcons. Um, they go out and and they made some interesting moves. Um, there's a few things. First of all. Richie Grant in round two was a great pick. Um, mm-hmm. Good safety. He's going to be able to fill in. They they lost uh, a, a few uh, defensive backs. This is a gr- prime example of best available mixed with um, what you need. Yeah, and and I want to point out also round three, Jalen Mayfield, booming pick. That's a guy that he, the fact that he fell to the third round confused the hell out of me. And and the fact that he he was available there, we know they got Kyle Pitts in the first round. We know that's that's the a grade A surefire. Yeah, that's a great pick, and everybody believes that he's going to be a star anywhere on the field. But looking at at that Richie Grant pick, the fact that they were able to get him in the second round, he was a guy. I, I if I'm not mistaken, I may have had projected first round, late first round. But Richie Grant, that's an awesome pick for them. They they lost a few players in that in that. Uh, um, Free agency there, they lost and they lost a starting safety over there. Here come they lost both starting safeties actually. Now that I think about it, so Richie Grant comes in, 
smart play. They get a young guy, and then Jalen Mayfield is their offensive tackle. That's the thing about Jalen Mayfield. Third-round guy, I think he starts. I think he's a day-one starter. too. He's that good. What's your grade there? My grade for Atlanta, the first round's an A. I think, and and then if you look at the rest of theirs. Day I mean, two's an A. Day two's an A, too. This is the uh, the other pick that I liked. Drew Dahlman. Good center. They got him on a trade, okay? And and he's out of Stanford. He was kind of unseen. Day three, because of that, that Drew Dahlman pick, it kind of boosts up because the rest of their day three was, eh, okay. But right here, that Drew Dahlman pick kind of boosts it up. So their day three becomes kind of a C plus. I think right now you're looking at about a B plus draft for these guys. I'm going B minus because I don't think Pitts was the pick for them. Really? I now I do believe that Pitts is going to be a legendary talent. Yeah. I think I think in that situation they weren't getting the offers that they expected sitting at number four sure. because they were trying to sure. shop the pick. So, but. My, my last thought here, and that's the reason I'm going just a, a couple, a, a, a smidge under you, mm-hmm. is I think they have the offensive weapons they need. Right. I think you 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 have your quarterback. Talk about that window. Matt Ryan's window's ending. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yep. You get in the protection. You go. You go Sewell. Yeah. You go Sewell. I I raise them up. Yeah. Yeah. I. And I that's I the agree only that. thing I I don't like. I think Pitts is going to be great, which you which is what you get in the top ten pick. You're getting a great player. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the pick for Atlanta. Right. But we all knew that's what they're going to do. But it wasn't the pick, in my opinion. Right. Now, uh, your boys here, I I would argue, in this draft, there are only, there weren't many teams that had better drafts than the Baltimore Ravens and the Minnesota Vikings in this season. There weren't many teams that did that. I really liked how Baltimore selected these picks. They went out and got Bateman. We all, we, we saw all, it. We knew Ravens on the wall. We saw that coming. They need that that you know possession receiver, that guy that's going to be a grinder in the middle of the field. They go yeah. out and get Owe, and I actually nailed three straight. Yep, yep. Um, Owe made sense. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. And there's another guy that I thought they could have drafted in, in the third round instead of Stevens. We'll get to the Steelers when we talk about them because that's who drafted him because he dropped a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Ben Cleveland, I think we both kind of took guesses on. Well, but we knew it made sense because he's a big mother frick. Oh, he's huge. But here's the kicker about Ben Cleveland. His draft stock had risen so much. This guy was originally projected sixth, fifth round, and his draft stock in the month leading up to the draft just skyrocketed. It was like, oh, look at this guy. Did you see the tweet from uh, uh, Braun Strowman? Um, Baltimore tweeted him to come on the field because he's a big boy. Yeah. Braun goes, you fam? Question mark. <laughs> well, and and kind of looks like him though. One one interesting pick that I I liked, and and we've seen this guy in our Madden world even, and and we've seen this guy is Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. He's a good receiver and very they, underrated. They have depth available, so obviously yep. you got. I don't want to spend too much time here, but obviously you got you got Bateman, Hollywood, and uh, Sammy Watkins. Yep. And then honestly, at that point, you got. Two guys in the making that can really make a big splash at any point, and that's Wallace, who they just mm-hmm. drafted, and who no one's talking about, and they've been using him in, in like the um, running back flexes. Devin Duvernay. Yeah. Yep. Good. All good you need guys. is Devin Duvernay or Wallace to step up, and holy shit. And I think Wallace is going to actually have the better career, and I think he could. I think Wallace is going to be the better receiver overall, but. Both and these guys were great additions, Wallace and Bateman. Bateman's a great pickup. He's a good physical receiver, which is what we needed. 
He's um, a lot of people are, and and it's not a bad thing. A lot of people are likening him to Michael Thomas in the way that sure. he, he does a lot of slants, a lot of short routes. He's a good route runner, and he's very physical. He can make catches in traffic. You got to like that out of Rashad Bateman, and and I, I think. They were absolutely right. He was the fourth best receiver on the board at that point in time overall. And, uh, well, he wasn't on the board. He was he was number one on the board at yeah, that point. But, but I, I like Bateman better than Moore and better than Brown. And, yeah. But, so you got two speed burners in uh, Watkins and Hollywood. Yep. Which should open the middle field for Bateman and Mark Andrews. Yes. Normally, I would say having two speed burners and only one physical receiver is a bad thing. But you got Mark Andrews, who's basically another physical receiver. Yeah. Um, gloves are off. Uh, the excuses are gone. They're, yeah, you they have are. the receiving core. You do. You have the core. No, you can't tell me Watkins isn't a good receiver. He's he proven he's a good receiver. He is. Um, gloves are off. Um, Lamar should, from a passing perspective, have a similar year to his uh, MVP year. Anything less is you you didn't utilize your talents. You didn't grow. Right. Right. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, moving on to he, the Buffalo. He should have three grand, um, 3,000 yards, mm-hmm. and he should have at least, because he runs a lot, I'll, I'll say at least 25. You know I'd say 30 for a record, but I'll say 25. Yeah. I'll, I take, a, I'll take 25 and 10. 25 and 10, I'm not mad at. I would not be mad at. Um, next up, we got the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so. A minus, by the way, for Ravens. For the Ravens, yeah. That's that's about where I'm at. I'm good A minus on them. Um, and I, I thought the, the Bateman pick, I thought it was an A minus as well there. Um, it's a good pick. It's not a great pick, but it's a pick they needed, which I thought was basically where we were at. It, it was, it was a need over, um, best available situation. Right. So the bills found themselves between a rock and a hard place. The Travis Etienne goes off the board to the Jags, which was surprising. And then you also had. Uh, Harris go off the board. The Steelers, which we kind of projected. We, we both predicted that. Um, so one thing about the Buffalo Bills that will not and, – and on paper people are like, oh, God, this is a terrible draft. It's not terrible, and here's why. They're going younger in that defense that is – right now it's aging. I don't think anybody realizes how old a lot of the guys – they have one of the oldest defenses in the league this year and, and, and currently. The getting Gregory Russo – Look, and, and I'm not big on Gregory Russo. I th- See, I am. I think he's going to be the best edge of the draft. I don't think so. But I think they could have got him second round. That Well, he the way he was falling, they probably could have got him second round if they traded up. They didn't have an early. The next pick they had was the 29th pick in round two, which was pick number 61. So they would have had to come up to do that. But they go out and they get Boogie Basham, and, and Boogie Basham is a good defensive end. But And, and one guy that, that I thought was great, Spencer Brown was a really good pick, too. They they really snagged, a, uh, I mean, a good core set of players. They still haven't addressed that running back issue, and that's what killed them last year, that they had mm-hmm. no running game. They still need a running back, and they got to go out and get one. Because I, I like Russo, you didn't get a running back. You got some depth I like. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm calling it a C. Yeah, this is this is a C for me, maybe a C-plus at most. I'm... The running back thing, if they had gone out and gotten a real good running back, I mean, and there were some good ones you could have found late. They could have gone out and gotten Trey Sermon from, from Ohio State. You get Trey Sermon, I'm calling this one a B plus. I'd agree. But but here we are, and, and I give them a C, C plus. It was a questionable draft. I'm not a fan. 
Um, the Bills, they just didn't draft well this year. It was not good. Um, next up, you got the Carolina Panthers. <clears throat> so the Panthers, I have a few things that I like and a few things that I don't. I'm not crazy about the way they drafted this year. J.C. Horn was a reach at number eight. Agreed. His his stock was rising, I get it, but if you're looking to get a corner, Sertain was the guy. But then they made up for it in the second round with Marshall. I thought Terrence Marshall was a good selection, but I don't think he's incredible. And it, it, he's a great selection for late second. Yeah, and, and one guy that, that a lot of people were putting a ton of stock into that I just think is a bust, 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 even though they got him in the third round was Brady Christensen. I think this guy is not ready for this league. I've watched tape on him. He's not good. And a lot of people were saying he's something special, and I don't believe in it. They made the where they made up for it for me. The the spot where they made up for it. They go out and get Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, who's actually a really good tight end. He was one of the higher ranked tight ends in this draft. And they went out and got Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. He's a good running back. Both those players are outstanding. They lost Mike Davis this year. Chuba Hubbard will definitely fill that role, no mm-hmm. problem. And then this guy right here, Deontay Brown, late in the sixth. He's a good guard. I don't understand why Deontay Brown fell the way he did. I had Deontay Brown projected going much higher than round six. Um, So they got a steal on him as well. So, I mean, a lot of people like, for example, Davion Nixon from Iowa. He's okay. So where I'm at is as long as you got your needs, I'm not going to give you a D. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a D. If you you got your needs, I'm not going to give you a D because you did what you're supposed to do. Right. Whether if you grade them different than we did, that's that's not that's not my prerogative. That's yours, right? So I'm going C minus. Yeah, I, I'll give it a C. Um, I I'm not a huge fan of of some of the guys they reached on. Um, they but at the same time they did wind up getting some good steals and guys like Tommy Tremble and Chuba Hubbard and and even Deontay Brown. So so they got some steals and actually realistically, if you look at at pick twenty down here, Shy Smith is a good receiver as well. And he's an underrated guy that went in the sixth round, pick twenty at pick two oh four in the entire draft. That's a that's a good pick too. So that's why I'm going to go with a C here. I think Carolina and and their first round selection. I thought it like I said it was reach for their first round selection. Eh, I'll give you a C minus on it. I know it was a need, which is why you're not getting a D. It but it looks was still a reach. fine off the surface, but you look at who's available. That's when you, things get weird. Right. Uh, next up, you got the Chicago Bears. Um, so here's. One thing, uh, pick number one. I get it. I understand it. I understand why they did it. But so I'm not going to grade them down because of my opinion on them. Right. So I'm I'm going to give I'm going to grade them based on taking him where they did. Well, which is fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna grade him based on the fact that this guy's a bust, and yes. and he, I I think he's a bust, and and I. I I just don't believe in him. And a lot of people are really touting this guy. Oh, he's the smartest quarterback in the draft. And I'm like, why? And then you read the articles and they're like, oh, because he can remember the formations. What? Every quarterback can remember the formations. Well, they're supposed to. Yeah. What the hell? That doesn't make him the smartest guy in the draft. Now, they did get a steal in round two. Tevin Jenkins was a guy I had projecting going first round. I had him going actually in the late teens. And he drops down to round two, pick seven. A lot of people had him going in the first round. So for him to drop as far as he did, and another steal here, Khalil Herbert uh, from Virginia Tech is a really good running back. See, I, I like Thomas Graham too. Yep, and and these guys, these guys are are the. I think Khalil Herbert is one of those guys that really could blossom into a star, mm-hmm. and and people kind of undervalued him. 
Uh, he goes at pick number 217. I think he's really good. So their draft looks bad because they didn't have a third and fourth. But based on what they drafted when, it's a C plus. Yeah, uh, that's about where I'm at. I'll give it a C plus. Uh, Justin Fields, I still think, is a bust, but I understand the need. They came up to get him. They gave up a lot to get to that point, by mm-hmm. the way. But uh, they, they wind up with their QB of the future. But, like I, I, Not to shit on other people who do um, draft grades, but you're being unfair if you're like, – I've seen like – They'll give a team like we use Houston, who didn't have like a first, second, or third rounder, mm-hmm. and they'll give him a D. Like, no, you got to base it. Like, were, were there were there fourth, fifth, and sixth grid? Yeah, like, they'll give him a D because they didn't have a first rounder. It's like that's not their. Fault. Yeah, that's, I mean, it is their fault. It, it's you can't you can't hammer on them because they didn't. You got to go off value. Rounder. Yeah, they they've gotten some good value here. So Bears did good value in, after day one, right? Um, another guy that, uh, well, this is a team that I can say had about as good of a draft. The, this is probably the, the other team that had a good draft, um, about as good of a draft as the Vikings in Baltimore is, is the Cincinnati Bengals. So we, we differ a little bit. Well, just a little. And here's why I say this. So first and foremost, you get Jamar Chase. They, I like the pick. Oh, I do. I think it should have been, um, Sewell. You know, uh, I think you got to protect, you got you got to protect the Lamborghini. I, I say it time and time again. Here's the problem. They already did. They already have the offensive tackles on, and they, they went on and picked up Riley Reef, who came off of a great year in Minnesota. He's had a good career in Minnesota ever since he got traded from Detroit. Riley Reef's been really good. And then on the other side, they've got a they've got well now he's not a rookie, but he he was a rookie. Now he but he's still a young guy. He's on a rookie deal and and on an offensive tackle. I forget his name. Um, off the top of my head, but they they have two good offensive and, tackles. And I, I'm not judging them much here because if, if if I'm not picking Sewell, it's Chase. Chase yeah. is the pick. And and Jamar Chase, and I think that's what their goal was there. Let's get enough protection to get us through this year, so we can get our next stud receiver. I don't believe they believe in T Higgins right now as a number one. I like T Higgins a lot, but he's likely the number two over there now that Jamar and, Chase is there. And Chase is a guy who has. Um, a rapport with Burrow. Exactly. I give the first like, round pick an A minus. Oh sure, and, but then I go. To, I jump to the third round, and and Osai's a guy that they that they could have taken in this in the second round, and I would have been happy with it. Right, but and they got him, him in the third. They got him in the third. He's one of the better edge rushers. So is Cameron Sample. That's a guy whose stock was rising in the last month of the 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 draft as well, leading up to it. That's a good pick. I understand they got two edge rushers there. That's not necessarily a bad thing, depending on how they line them up. And then Jackson Carmen, or uh, he's a good guard. He, he was a good number two, uh, good second round pick. I thought this was a smart pick. They got away with one here. Uh, the fact that Jackson Carmen fell to the second round as far as he did, that's a good selection. A minus. Yeah, and they get more. This is an A minus draft. They got more uh, uh, depth. And one thing I, I just a little silly thing here, Trey Hill. The center um, from Georgia, he's a really good center and also a running back from Michigan, Chris Evans, a, a good running back. that He was a, a really considered, I mean, running backs have kind of sunk to the second round in the last yeah, few he's years. He's a super soldier, too. What? He's a super soldier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unreal. But Chris Evans is a, is a good running back. Trey Hill, though, was a good center, and he was a steal mm-hmm. in the sixth round. So they get away with one. This is an A-minus draft, easy. And an A minus first round pick, I I think I, they yeah. they really did. Basically, a great how job. I'm judging how I'm judging the A's is um A pluses of every pick you can go perfect, 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 perfect. Right. A is you can go perfect, perfect, perfect. That was okay. Yeah. But if you had one player, even just one player that you went, what? 
<laughs> it's name minus. The yeah, there's a few. And so I had my corner, and we'll get to Minnesota later. Yep. So we're at Cleveland. Greg Newsom, the second. He's he's the corner out of Northwestern. Was Western was their first pick. I thought there was a great pick. I, I thought it was the smart pick. It, it was it was a a very safe pick. It was a much safer corner selection than some of the other guys that were on the board or that were coming off the board, such as Caleb Farley. I thought Caleb Farley was, was is one of those risky picks because of the back surgery situation. See, I like Farley better than Newsom. I like Newsom, but mm-hmm. I, I think Newsom's going to wind up. You know, he's going to develop into one of those long term fixtures for a team that. Even if he's a number two corner, he's going to be a long-term fixture. He's going to be kind of like a long-term Trey Waynes for a team. Also, uh, Owuso Karamoa, uh, Jeremiah Owuso Karamoa. Great pick. Great pick, second round. They got him late in the second as a linebacker out of Notre Dame. That was a smart selection as well. James Hudson was okay, but the rest of them, eh. I mean, there, there really wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, Demetric Felton in the set in the sixth round. Yeah. I'm going a good B here. Yeah, it's about a B draft. Just um, kind of going through it all, just kind of staying off the top. We've gotten through three of them already, and we'll get to the other one. Mm-hmm. I think the AFC North kind of, if you're talking divisions, won the draft. Yeah, they did a really great job. Like, the, the, this the division that already this arguably the second or first best division in football just got stronger. Yeah, I I think uh, it's it's definitely a B situation. Um and and. I'm not mad at it. I wouldn't be mad well, at it if I, I was am. in Browns. Well, you are, but I wouldn't be mad at it if I was. Well, I am Kooks, so we got to play him this year. But we, I wouldn't be mad uh, if I was the fan of the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, if Cleveland Browns fans should be thrilled. Yep. Uh, next up, you got uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So it was kind of an interesting thing. I understand now that they've they've foregone the the. Uh, uh, Fifth round option for Leighton Vander Esch. They go and get Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is more of a blitzing linebacker. Nope. Yeah, no. Um, with all that, it P- Parsons makes a lot more sense now. Now than it did. Had at I the known time. about Vander Esch, I probably would have pegged them to take Parsons. But I, I, to me, I, I believe that the Cowboys still needed to go corner, and they didn't. They failed to do that. They needed to go corner here. I thought Patrick Sertain was the the consensus pick. Granted, I'm glad that they traded down to get Micah Parsons. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I, I I'd be glad with that. Okay, you traded down, you still got something, and you got Micah Parsons. Um, they basically gave Sertain away. I mean, at, at, with well, Broncos stole him, so I think they they decided yeah. to trade down. So I mean, but they it, it was an interesting. See, I pick. think everyone kind of expected them to go corner or in. Yeah, we're safety. Yeah, I, I expect him to go corner regardless of, of the fact that Sertain went off the board. Because J.C. Horn, Sertain goes off the board. Okay, well, who's available? Well, and I, I think they didn't want to take that leap on Farley. And I think they thought taking Newsom too early would have been a bad idea. Asante Samuel Jr., maybe. But here we are, Micah Parsons. They replace Van, Van Der Esch, and then they Not go into the Not to crap on Parsons, because Parsons is going to be a very good player. Everybody's saying he's the next LT. Could be. Yep. And then, and then Kelvin Joseph, uh, second round pick. It was a good pick at corner. A lot of corners started going off the board a little earlier than we expected. A lot more than we expected, particularly in the first round, because it was supposed to be an offensive top heavy draft. We had a lot more defensive players than we expected mm-hmm. in, in round one. Um, Kelvin Joseph goes off the board round two. You get, uh, I mean, I hate pronouncing this guy's name, Odegizua. Uh, that's how I think it is. The defensive tackle from UCLA, it was an okay pick. Chauncey Golston, okay pick. But the rest of their picks, uh, uh, here's one that was a steal. 
Yeah. Jabril Cox. Yeah. And also Simi Fajoko from um from Stanford, the the fifth the fifth rounder, pick thirty-five. I actually had him going higher in a lot of drafts, Fajoko. They went defense as needed. Yep. But had they gone corner or safety in the first round, I would have been happier. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna custom it to B minus here. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with a B. I, I Jabril Cox was was the, the one that kind of took him up from that B minus because he did go in the fourth round. That guy has been a consensus second round type of player. So I'm surprised he went as late as he did. They got a steal on him. And then the Fajoko, even though it wasn't much lower than where he was supposed to go, still getting him at 179. I thought that was a good spot uh, with a compensatory pick. I mean, the rest of their stuff was, hey, okay, I give them a solid B. Um, the, it was it was a decent draft for Dallas. Uh, moving on to Denver. Denver was um, interesting, to say the least. Uh, I, I thought they made really three good picks here. Um, and then a smart one in round seven with Jonathan Cooper. The three smart picks for them, obviously, certain they needed a corner, right? They, they did need a corner. They get the, the, the uh, to me, the best corner in the draft. Mm. I mean, I, I think that's just without. I didn't like the Javante Williams selection. I think they, I mean, they still have running back depth. I don't understand why they needed to, to go and get Javante Williams. Um, a lot of people were big on Quinn Mayners. I'm not. Um, the one I liked was Baron Browning in the third round, middle of the third, you want, or early in the third, rather you go and get Baron Browning, who really is a really good player. But the steal of this whole thing was Jamar Johnson. He was the 42nd ranked player on the entire draft. And he goes round five, pick 20. I don't understand what teams didn't, didn't like about Jamar Johnson. That's the thing, because the way he was listed he was listed as as such a high prospect. And it's like, okay. And even when I was doing um, mock drafts, we'd get to the third, fourth, fifth round, and Jamar Johnson, it would say, this guy's ranked number 40, and he'd still be sitting there. So I'm going, why is Jamar Johnson not going off the board? So maybe he's a bust. I, th- I think this was a steal, really. And, and I think they get away with one here. Broncos, to me, I'll go ahead and give him a B. A yeah, solid B in this B. situation. Um, they they still need a quarterback, but they still got Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, uh, a lot of people thought we were they were going to go QB here, myself included. So that was an interesting one. Uh, next up, you got the Detroit Lions. There were two picks in this draft that I thought were good. The rest, I'm not crazy about. Um, Panay Sewell, great pick. It was it was a good pick. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I think it's not that I don't think Sewell was a good pick. I just don't think he was the proper pick. You see, see, I'm 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 from the, the aspect of if you need everything, O lines first. Well, they didn't need everything. That's the thing. They need everything. <laughs> I mean, they they need receivers. Um, o line first because you can't get the ball to receiver if you don't if you can't stay on your feet. They did get Amon Ross St. Brown. I think I love to get him the fourth. Round. I like that pick in the fourth round. That's about where he was set to go. He was he was uh, projected as um, I think he's a better talent than fourth round. Yeah, he, he was projected as number 100 um, and they got him at 112. So they did technically get a steal. Whether or not he's going to translate, we'll see. But uh, those were the two picks that I was wild about. A lot of people like the the Levi O. Oh, uh, I hate his name too. On Wazirki. Is that what it is? I think, but he's, he's a the, big guy. I, I I like that pick. Yeah, too. it was okay. I, I mean, I actually like McNeil better. First round, I'm going to go ahead and give a, an A minus to. 
Um, See, I, I'm going A plus first round total. I'm looking at about a B, B minus. Yeah, I, I think total for this draft, I'm I'm probably looking at a B minus, closer to a C plus. Um, it's a good draft. I, I I'm not. I don't have anything. It's a good draft for like the first three pick or first. Well, the first two picks were were the first one was good. The second one was yeah okay. And then you got that Amon Ross St. Brown was really solid. C plus, B minus in that range. I think they, they had a, a, a decent decent enough draft. Um, the Green Bay Packers, they arguably had, I would think, I believe, one of the worst drafts out of anybody. Um, Where's the first round uh, offensive player at? Oh, there isn't the, one. There isn't one. Um, they take a huge reach on Eric Stokes at corner. Um, the, this is the one pick right here, Josh Myers, who I, I thought was their best pick of this entire draft. I thought Josh Myers is a good center and they needed a center and he was one of the best centers on the board, um, from Ohio state. That's a good pick. The rest of it, eh, bunch of nobodies. This is one of those situations where I'm going to look at the selection. D plus. Uh, yeah. I'm giving it about a D plus. I'm in that D D plus range. I know they technically <clears throat> got their needs, but. It's it's one of the worst drafts out of any team in the league. I don't understand what the hell they were looking at, but maybe that's why they pay him the big bucks, not me. I'm going DD plus, and and really their first round pick that gets a D for me as well. Even though it was a need, it was a huge reach on on a, on that player that you could have gotten in the third round. Um, next up, you got the Houston Texans. So the Houston Texans they sold the farm a little while back, but for uh, what's his name? Uh... The lineman, Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil, yep. So one pick that I liked, given the circumstances and given what he's capable of, is Davis Mills. Now, I know there's a lot of guys out there that aren't big on Davis Mills. I like Davis Mills, and here's why. If you watched his pro day, and I understand it's just a pro day, but the guy is is throwing the ball in the pouring-ass rain, making these beautiful, accurate throws, in the pouring rain, he's making throws on the run. He's making uh, uh, three-step, five-step drops, pouring rain, just knocking it out. I think Davis Mills is is solid. The other pick I liked was Brevin Jordan. Now, I can't... Should have went two rounds prior. Yep. I think that, yeah, Brevin Jordan was a steal. I mean, getting him in round five, that was solid. So, they don't have a first-rounder here. I can't give this draft a, a huge... Amazing grade because they they barely had anything available to. to I still go be minus. Yeah, I'm gonna go C plus. I think they did very well with the picks they had. Yeah, they they did a good job. I think Nico Collins was a decent pick to as well. I don't think he's anything crazy to write home about, but he was a decent enough pick. But Brevin Jordan was a good pick, and and so was Davis Mills here. So that's why I'm gonna give this a C plus B minus. Who could have to start? Yeah, he might have to given the circumstances with Deshaun Watson. Uh, next up, you got Indianapolis. Um, now, this is one pick, and I'm I'm proud to say I picked this one right, and I thought it was a really good one. Quiddy Pay um, going to going to Indy. Now, let me just say I don't buy Quiddy Pay as much as everybody else. I just but don't. I buy him at 21 versus 15 when you were worried about him going to Vikings. Right, I, I no, 14. He's still, yeah. I buy him still as a first round talent. I buy him as a first round talent. I think people put well, a little too much stock in the guy. Um, He's he's a, a a a good pick for them, and it's exactly what they needed. Uh, he gets a lot of pressures, but he just doesn't hit home a lot. That's the biggest problem with with Quiddy Pay. Um, and they he he's got short arms. He doesn't have a, a very good reach. 
there's questions there. But I think ultimately he's a better fit in Indy than he would be in Minnesota. Now, going down the rest of this, the Dale Adeningbo, I know a lot of people were really excited about this cat from Vanderbilt. Really what the Colts needed, they did need defensive line in this draft. That's what they were ailing at. They, they lost a couple guys. They did a good job at, at filling those roles. But the big steal of this draft, in my opinion, is this cat right here from Texas, Sam Ellinger. Everybody overlooked him. Everybody says that he's not, not a good pick. I think he's a really good pick. I like that one. Um, ultimately, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a B-. See, I'm going C minus. Yeah, because I don't think you needed Ellinger because you still have uh, Jacob Eason there. Well, yeah, you have Ellinger is going to be a wasted time, talent. So you you wasted your time taking him. Do you think that if Carson Wentz fails or gets hurt or whatever the case may be, do you think that there's a legitimate QB competition between Eason and Ellinger? No, you don't think to so. To me, Eason's a better quarterback. You think so? And and I know you're high on Eason too. I, I like Eason. Um, I don't think they should have, tra- I mean, granted, Wentz is a good quarterback, but I don't think they should have traded as much as they did for Wentz. No. Because I think Eason could be trusted to handle it. I think Eason's a good quarterback, but I also think Ellinger is a really but good But I don't mind Ellinger being a six-round six pick. So yeah. I, I'm not mad at it, but I think you already have Eason to be the, the uh, you know, you're not talking successful because Wentz is still young. Right. Right. So moving into the Jacksonville Jaguars territory here. So you've got... I mean, let's face it. Let's call it what it is. Trevor Lawrence, A+. I mean, it, it's the right pick. It was the perfect pick. It was exactly what they needed. He's everything, right? He's the guy, and he's the leader, and everybody believes that he's the guy. I believe he's the guy. So Trevor Lawrence, A+, all day long, okay? Here's where things get a little dicey, okay? You go out and get Travis Chen, who you ETN, rather, who you didn't need. Who's going to be good. Yeah, but so, you didn't need him. So here's the thing. Teams are going towards this two-run-big system. We all know this. Yeah. You didn't need to get that second one with your first-round pick. Exactly. Um, You could have picked a one in free agency. Like, pick, like let's be honest, I know you hate the guy, but come on. Devontae Freeman would, would, would make a great compliment to uh, James Robinson. Yeah. They, they All they needed was a number two back. They didn't need a, a, a person... To overtake James Robinson, who just had a thousand yard season and so tore it up. The only way that this pick becomes an A pick, yeah. there's only one way. You must have more rush yards between Etienne Robinson than uh than uh, uh the Cleveland pair. Yeah. If you don't, it's a waste. It is. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I and thought you this don't was pass a, the Cleveland pair. I thought this was a silly pick. You've got James Robinson. I think James Take Rob- one of the Now, if they're taking the, the running back in the third round, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. If you, if, not first. Yeah. If you went and took Chuba Hubbard, I would not be mad at that. You have James Robinson, and then you took a guy like Chuba Hubbard? Okay, we're talking. Chris Evans, we're talking. And, but there's but, a lot of there's a lot of players you could have gotten that that late first round pick. Yeah, and and I think they wasted Honestly, it just before you you could have you couldn't you could have went and, and snagged uh, uh Rashad Bateman. Thing. Yep. All of a sudden, Lawrence is rocking. Yeah, and and instead they're sitting here with Travis Etienne, which I I wasn't a big fan of. Um, then they go and get Tyson Campbell, and and look, I I know there's a lot of people that love Tyson Campbell out there, but I think he's very incomplete. I think you've got an incomplete package there. They needed a corner, so they did feel the the need. But I don't know that this guy's going to pan out. There's a lot of questions there. Yeah, their next, the second two picks went went wonky, but I think they made up for the Walker Little 
and Andre Sisco. Yep, and really, uh, Jay Tufeli, too. I thought all of them were great picks. Little, Cisco, and Tufeli, I think they were they were just smart. Those were good selections off the rip, especially getting Walker Little, pick 13 in round two out of Stanford. He's a good offensive tackle that has been underrated this entire draft process. I think the Jags here... They're saved by a good day, too. Yep. Um, I, I'm still giving them a B. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give them a B here, too. I thought the Campbell and the, the, the ETN picks really kind of killed him here. But it's not like they took bad players. Yeah, but you're talking Walker, Little, Cisco, and Tefeli. I, I thought all three of these picks were excellent. So that's why they're they're up in the B area there. Um, moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs were in an interesting situation. Uh, they traded out of the first round, wound up with two second rounders. They got a great pick in Creed Humphrey and late in the round in the second round. He was the best center in the draft, in my opinion. Um, I thought he was just incredible. They also managed to get uh Josh Kando. I thought that was a good pick. Nick Bolton, eh, okay, whatever. I, I thought he was all right. Humphrey was the pick. Yeah. Uh getting Trey Smith late in the draft as well. Um in in round six. I thought that was solid. The guard out of Tennessee. Uh, good pick. But ultimately, Creed Humphrey was was the best pick that they made this entire draft. Given what the Chiefs had, given what they were doing, trying to they were obviously trying to get out of that first round so they could save on the cap a little bit um, because they are they do have their backs against the wall as far as the financials go. I, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a B minus. I thought it, more C plus, but yep. we're, yeah, I, I the Creed Humphrey pick kind of put it up over that that C plus range for me. Um, I really like that selection for them, and given their offensive line woes, and I think that guy's going to be a, a long-term starter for them. Uh, he's just, like I said, one of the best centers in this draft. Um, next up, you got the Chargers. Chargers pop out with Rashawn Slater in the first round. That is an A pick for them. For sure. A pick. I actually believe, and, and while you're big on Sewell, I believe that Rashawn Slater is the better of the two. And a lot of other people think that as well. I think he's more versatile, and I would have loved for the Vikings to have him. Um, See, I I put uh, Sewell in the same category as as, as Nelson. I, and and that could very Hall well be type talent. That could very well be the big thing about Slater is his versatility, and he's capable. And he was one of the top guys at all of those positions that he played in. But so, Slater was the right pick. Yes, Samuel's okay. Samuel was a good pick because, and, and here's why I liked it, they needed a corner, they lost Casey Hayward, who was technically their number two or number three corner over there, but they got him in the second round pick 15. So, and and to me, Asante Samuel, I had a projected as, as a, and most people did, as a mid-20s guy. So, to see Samuel go as late as he did, that was solid. What? Because wasn't Farley still on the board? Uh Farley, no. Farley went in round one still, but he just went okay. later round one. Because the pick I really liked was Chris Rump. Yeah. I, uh, and in the fourth. Chris Rump in the fourth was a good pick. So was Trey McKitty, really. And and they got, in round three, they got Josh Palmer from Tennessee. Josh Palmer was, and they the, the beautiful thing about it is that they got Josh Palmer in the perfect position. He was projected right where they got him. They got him at pick number 77. And he was projected, I think, at like 74. So they got him. At, I mean, it was the perfect selection. And they snagged this guy. They needed a, a number three receiver. They lost a couple of guys. So now they got their number three receiver back in Josh Palmer. They get the tight end back because they did lose Hunter Henry in the offseason. So they do fill that role. 
I don't know that Trey McKitty from Georgia is going to wind up being a day one starter, but he could be. So here we are. To me, Henry's gone. He could. Yep. I, I'm giving this a B plus. I thought they, going B. Yeah, and and also I just want to point out Larry Roundtree late in this draft turned out to be a beast. Um, he's a good running back, so I'm excited about that. Uh, next up, you got the L.A. Rams. The Rams were also without some picks. Yeah, they were. Oh man, they haven't had a first round pick in <laughs> forever. Tutu uh, Atwell was a sort of a reach. I mean, they they reached on a lot of players. The one guy that they did get that I liked was Bobby Brown the third. Um, and they got him later than he was projected. He was, uh, I think, he was set up at number seventy-two, if I'm not mistaken. He winds up going one seventeen. So they they got a steal on that one. The and, and a lot of people were big on Robert Rochelle in round four. Me, not so much. The rest of these guys, though, eh, eh, D plus. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a D plus draft for the Rams. I don't like, think they had a good one. Receivers shouldn't have been their first pick. It shouldn't have been. You still have Robert Woods. You still have Cu- um, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Yeah, it just made He's no still sense. looking good. They could have gone out and gotten an Amon Ross. Josh round. Reynolds is okay. Yeah. I mean, Josh Reynolds, he's a... He's a it's silly. Yeah. You could have gotten your receiver in the in the fourth, fifth round. Yeah, they had a lot more issues there, offensive line in particular, and I don't think they properly addressed that. Um, next up, you got the Raiders. They created offensive line issues for themselves in free agency. <laughs> They just did it. They just said, "Oh fuck it, I'm gonna." We have the best offensive line in the seat in the the NFL this year. Eh, to hell with it. And they just traded everybody. Um, but so they they go out and they get Alex Leatherwood. It was a reach. Leatherwood's a very good tackle, but this is John Gruden stuff. This is the type of stuff that Gruden and Mayock do. They reach on certain players. Alex Leatherwood Leatherwood is not a first round guy. He was a early second round guy. You reached on him. I don't, and I understand that they had to take him here because they were afraid they weren't going to get him in the second round because he wasn't going to fall to him. But he's not a first round guy. But I think the first and second round level out because in the second round they get Trayvon. They got a major steal in a guy that I had going top ten. Yeah, in 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 Trayvon Morick. Yep, I had him actually going. In the I think the early twenties and Merrick falling to to round two pick eleven at pick forty three good selection they fill that that safety role the rest of their draft though other than Tyree Gillespie the other safety I, eh eh I'm not crazy about it I'm looking at C minus yeah that's about where I was thinking C minus D plus um, I thought the Leatherwood pick was sort of a reach I would give that pick itself a C minus maybe. C because they did reach on him, but Trayvon Merrig really brought that draft up. So the Raiders, I, I think they get about a C minus. Uh, next up, you're looking at Miami. They did the right thing. They went and got Jalen Waddle. It was the right thing. They traded up to get ahead of Detroit because they knew Detroit would have been eyeing Jalen Waddle. They did the right thing. They snagged him. They also got Jalen Phillips as in their second Which pick there in the first is round. Question marks. Of Jalen Phillips. With now, Phillips. Yeah, Jalen Phillips has the injury issues. We know he's had several concussions. He had an ankle injury. A lot of, lot of issues there with durability. I like Holland in, in early second round. Really, the one I'm crazy about is is I'm not worried about Holland so much as I like that Liam Eikenberg pick. Uh, they, they did sort of reach on him, but he's still a good pick out of Notre Dame. A, a good offensive tackle, really good guy. Um, the rest of their picks, meh, okay. But Liam Eikenberg, to me, was the one that stood out. But they're top-heavy. I'm, I'm going B. Yeah, it's a B. 
they 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 were top heavy. They they didn't have a whole lot of uh, late round picks for day three. Um, all of their stuff was day one and two. So they got good picks out of the, out of this draft for the most part. So yeah, I, I would definitely give Miami a B. Especially I would give I'm giving them an A on that first round pick. It's pretty stellar stuff. Um, next up, now I was saying that I didn't think that very many teams had a better draft than the Minnesota Vikings. The the only other team that I think or teams I will say that competed with them were Baltimore and now that we looked at it, the Bengals. Um, this the way that Rick Spielman maneuvered this board was nothing short of masterful. It really was. He did well. Um, day two was a little weird. There's a couple of picks. It's kind of like he got a little. He got a little weird. Well, here's what. Here's here's the thing. So he trades down. He gets Christian Darrisaw. He, he great pick. It was a great pick. He trades down nine spots. Gets two extra third rounders out of the situation. So we're looking at four third rounders. Now. I understand they're looking to move on from Kirk Cousins. If they trade him, moving into next year, it's a $10 million cap hit. I don't know that Kellen Mond is going to be the guy that that is going to be the future of this quarterback situation. A lot of guys aren't big on Chaz Surratt. To me, I like Chaz Surratt. I think he's... Yeah, I'm currently not big on him, but I I could be persuaded. I think Patrick Jones was the biggest issue in in round three. Why? I think I I think I I know he wasn't technically a reach, but I don't think he's going to be the edge rusher they're looking for him to be. Well, I think I think Patrick Jones. I don't know if he's going to be the edge rusher they they want him to be, but they did address that guard situation with Wyatt Davis. Oh, Davis is a, was a massive steal. Steal. They got him late third round, pick eighty six. He was projected to be a high, a mid second rounder, early second rounder at times. But then you go down. There were a couple of picks that I really enjoyed with the Vikings, particularly in day three. This Jalen Twyman pick, this guy was projected high. For him to fall to the sixth round, it makes me think either A, there's something wrong with him, or B, nobody's looking at him. But he's a good selection. I like this pick of Cameron Bynum right here. This guy was a good corner. To get him fourth round, he was set to go early third. Get him fourth round, smart. I didn't like Nuangu. I don't like the Emmer Smith-Marset picks. I think those were just wasted picks there. Janarius Robinson was a good selection. But I like Patrick Jones a lot more than you do. I think I'm not saying he's gonna be bad. I, I think he's gonna wind up being really good, actually. And it came off that Baltimore pick, uh, or that Baltimore trade that that we had made with um, for Yannick and Gakwe. Jones and Twyman both have a chip on their shoulder, and both these guys think they should have gone higher. I really like this. I, I'm giving this draft an A minus. I'm going A minus as well. I thought, and I, the if if they had just selected Darisaw first round, and then maneuvered elsewhere, I wouldn't have liked it as much. But the fact that they dropped it down nine selections and still got the guy that they wanted, I liked it a whole lot. So there was there was that. Uh, next up, you're looking at the New England Patriots. So Who usually draft poorly. Yep, and, and it started out the same way. Well, Mac Jones, I I give that pick. A, a, I get it. But. I give it a C minus because I think he's a bust. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I I get the I get the pick. They did get Christian Barmore, which I thought was a very good selection. Round two, pick six. He was projected to be a first round guy. They get him in the second round. That's great. The rest of their picks, meh, meh. Trey Nixon was the best one, and he came in round seven. So. 
I'm going another D plus. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one a D. I I I think New England they did what they always do. They drafted poorly. It was a mess. Um, you go to the New Orleans Saints. Peyton Turner is a reach, a huge reach. Now they make up for their bad draft by picking up Paulson Adebo, which is the corner they needed. A corner they filled that. Adebo saved this yeah. draft. I don't like the Pete Werner pick. I don't like the Ian Book pick. Um, and a lot of people are big on Ian Book. He his draft stock was rising a little bit, but he kind of stayed put uh, in round four. But Adebo was D. yeah. That was the this one. I'm I would even go as far as a D minus. They didn't really address much of anything. They didn't fix it. I think I, I have questions about this draft. I don't like it. I'm giving it a D minus. I think the Saints drafted poorly. You chose poorly. Um, next up, you've got the New York Giants. Now, okay, they trade down. They do the right thing. They trade down after Dallas goes up and snags the linebacker Micah Parsons. And I'm like, all right, the Giants did the right thing. They traded down. They go out and get Kadarius Tony. Reach, 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 reach. He wasn't even one of the best receivers we, in this draft. I mean, we'd be singing praises had they take Bateman. Yeah. Oh yeah. But Kadarius Tony? Why should have went in the third round? Maybe, maybe second late. Yeah. Now they they did the right thing in round two, getting Aziz Ojolari. There's nothing wrong with that. But then you look at the rest of these guys. I mean, just garbage. D minus. D minus. I'm with you. I I don't like this draft either. It, it was terrible. Horrible job. Uh, Dave Gettleman, I mean, everybody got all excited when he tried it, traded down for the first time. Yeah, that turned out to be a mess. Um, next up, you got the New York Jets. Zach Wilson was the pick. I'm giving that an A. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker. I, I know I feel a little bit different. No, not really. I mean, Wilson's probably the better guy, but I, I think Trey Lance is just as good. Yeah. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, I thought was a great pick. Excellent pick. They moved up for him. I get it. They gave away two thirds. Okay. That's they probably had the best first round. Um, yeah, I mean, they probably, especially uh, they got two great talents versus like Jacksonville getting, uh, two. Okay. Yeah. I, the only, the only other team that, that could have a, a better first round, maybe Baltimore, Baltimore, Minnesota. I mean, with the, the, if you're going the double pick route, like I, um, the double pick route. Yeah, absolutely. But then Baltimore got Bateman and and uh, um, Oa. Yeah. Um. But Vera Tucker was the pick. Yeah. It was the pick. Now you're looking but then at the second round started to get a little. Yeah. Elijah Moore was okay, but then you got Michael Carter, Jamie, and Sherwood was okay in the fifth. The rest of it, I, I mean, I, they got this uh, Hamza Nazrul Dean, who, who I thought was a really good selection for them in round six. But I mean, the rest of it was. Meh. Eh, I'll give it a but, C. But the top, the top, uh, top heaviness does save salvage a C plus. Right. Yeah. I, I and I understand where you're at there with the the Wilson Tucker pick, the Vera Tucker. I wanted actually Elijah Vera Tucker, but I'll, I'll take what the Vikings got in in this situation. Uh, next up, you got the Philadelphia Eagles. So now here's the question for you: Had Vera Tucker not gone, would you have rathered Viking? Because you're at 15, right? We were at 14. What's well, you traded with? We traded with the Jets. Yeah, that's who you traded with. Yeah. Would you rather than have taken this Vera Tucker trade up, or, or are you happy with Darisol and two-third two rounders? I'm happy with Darisol and two-thirds. Um, they they let the Jets trade up. Now, let's say we traded out of that position and the Jets took Darisol, for example, and a Vera Tucker fell to at 22. 
Well, Vera Tucker's the better player. Right. I, well, I think, well, yeah, I, I think Vera Tucker is the better player. I think he's more versatile. But you got Derrissaw to third, so. Right. This was a good top-heavy draft from the rip. I think uh, the Eagles got had a good, good, solid thing. I think they traded up for Devontae Smith, which they didn't need to even trade up for. That was the downer to that. I think the the, the player was right, but they didn't need to come up for him. It was one of the weirdest trades ever. Yeah, it was silly. How often, well, not even just that, how often you see a draft trade in our division. Yeah. It's strange. It didn't even need to happen. That was the crazy thing. Like, and I get that that the Giants took Kadarius Tony, but you didn't even need to, you didn't need to do that. You didn't need, it was just silly. It was just a silly thing. I didn't like it. It's still a good pick. It's still a good pick, but just the bad trade move. Um, Landon Dickerson was a good second round pick. He was one of the best centers in the draft. Um, and then you look at Milton Williams. He was undervalued this whole draft. He went right where he should have gone. Milton Williams was a great pick for a team that needed a defensive tackle because they lost Dalvin Tomlinson to Minnesota. This is smart. Or I'm sorry, uh, they didn't lose Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, I'm thinking of the Giants. Uh, Milton Williams, they, they needed a defensive tackle, I'm sorry, over in, in Philadelphia. This is a smart play, and they got him right where he needed to be. Round three, pick 73. He's a high-end pick. I like that a lot. Um, the I rest, want to see. Yeah. I, 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 the rest of their the, – I mean, Kenneth Gainwell was okay. They, I, I understand it's a depth running back, but eh. The rest of their selections, eh, eh. I mean, Zach McPherson was okay, round four, eh. I would probably go about a C-plus in this situation. Philly had a decent draft. Um, Pittsburgh, heading over to the Steelers. They did the right thing. They get Najee Harris. Harris was the pick. That was what they needed to do. You're dry, <coughs> Excuse me. You're trying to win now with Big Ben. Yep. That is the right play. Yep. No matter how you feel and where Big Ben's talent's going, mm-hmm. winning now is the right play. You lost Connor. Harris was the pick. And if he was gone, ETM was the pick. Yep, and they got their tight end. They needed a new tight end with the Vance McDonald stuff going on. They get Pat Fryermuth. He was the second-ranked tight end in the entire draft. He goes in the round two. Smart play. They filled a need. But then the guy that was the most, he was probably the most underrated guard in this draft was Kendrick Green. Excellent selection. And then you go down and to then round they, six. They get the biggest, they get, the, they get the, the, the steal of the draft. Oh, yeah. Quincy Roche. I still don't know what's going on here. Maybe there's something we don't know. Yep. But Quincy Roche was supposed to go second round, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he just complete. Because I was talking, I was talking about him going to Baltimore in the late second round. Yep. And all of a sudden, or third round, and all of a sudden he just free falls. Yep. No one can explain why. It just happens. Round six, pick thirty-two. He goes two sixteen overall. Quincy Roche, the edge rusher out of Miami. You know, I, I liked Roche. I if I'm not mistaken, I think I had him going second round. I, I I Roche is he's a good player. He's a good edge. I mean he's out of a good school. I, I don't understand it. Um Steelers get a steal there. Hi, you like that? But uh Najee Harris, Fryermuth, Gree, and Roche. This this makes me give this a B plus. B plus, yeah. For sure. This is a B plus. Like draft. I was saying earlier, um the AFC North has the has the best collective draft. Yes, I agree. Collective and A minus B plus. Yep. Now next up you got the the Niners. So here's the thing. They get Trey Lance, they get their QB of the future. I dig that. They go out and get Trey Sermon. Okay, you got Trey Sermon. The problem I have here is where he went. 
Trey Sermon was set. He had pick number 135, 140. He goes at pick number 88. I thought they reached on him. I understand they've got durability issues with their current running backs, but at the same time, Trey Sermon um, went a little too early for my liking in this situation. They they get it right in, in the first pick. Yes. They take Trey Lance, even though all week it seemed like they were going to do the dumb move and take Fields. Right. Or, or Mac, was it? Mac Wilson, or Mac Jones, rather. Um, But we both agree, Trey Lance, at bare minimum, was the third best quarterback. Right. Obviously, I still think he's going to be better than Zach Wilson, but... A lot of people think he's going to be the best one in the draft. But you're, you're talking apples apples and apples here. You're talking three very good quarterbacks. Right. Um, they made the right move, so that, that instantly shoots their draft stock way up as far as draft grade goes. Their draft, their draft was okay, mm-hmm. I guess. It's weird. Aaron Banks was an okay pick. Jalen Moore was an okay pick. I mean, a lot of people were big on Ambry Thomas. I wasn't. Um, I don't really put a lot of stock in the corners out of Michigan right now. And uh, really, I didn't think Ambry Thomas was was really worth much. But the rest of these guys, I mean, Trey Sermon, they reached on him. You you reached on on Aaron Banks. You you reached on Jalen Moore, even though he went in the fifth round. I think Jalen Moore, you could have gone, you could have probably gotten him in the sixth. I I like the picks, but I don't like where they went, and that's why I'm going to give this one about a C minus. I was going to go C plus because they technically reached. On Lance, yeah, but it was the right reach. It was the right reach. But the rest of the draft was weird. But they made the right reach. They get, they get, they get an above average grade as C plus. Right. Um. Next up, so Seattle had three picks in this draft. So there was like nothing. Uh, these these guys were just nothing happening, motherfuckers over here. But at the same time, so if you're judging off what they got and where they got them, but what they got was really good. You got Dwayne Eskridge, you got Trey Brown, who was actually a solid corner, and, and a, a, I mean, he's probably a depth guy, but they still get a, a solid corner out of Oklahoma. And then, But this is the steal of that right there, is this Stone Forsyth. People, he's, his draft stock started rising out of nowhere. Some people had him going as high as round three. Stone Forsyth out of Florida, the offensive tackle. He goes round six at pick 208 overall. It's a good pick. I like it. They get away with one here. And uh, the Seattle Seahawks wind up with with a, a decent draft with only C. three picks. I give it a C. I'm with you on that. Tampa. These guys got interesting. They already have the embarrassment of riches. Uh, they get Joe Tryon, the edge rusher. I thought it was a bit of a reach at the end of the first round, um, but it is the end of the first round. So, I mean, okay. They t- pick Kyle Trask. Which is an interesting move in yep. the future of the organization. Right. Especially when you're talking about how you think Blaine Gabbert could be the guy. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, Robert, Nobody's saying that. Right. Robert Hainsey was an okay pick. The offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. They get Jalen Darden out of North Texas, which was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. So basically, Brady went to a team that drafts just as poorly as his old team. Right. It wasn't anything crazy. But it was a decent draft. I, I mean, because C. of Trask, I'm going C minus. Yeah, I give it a C. I, I mean, it was it was just a very middle of the road type of draft. Um, next up, you got the Titans. They go out and they get a corner, which they needed. But Caleb, steal with Farley. It was a steal, technically speaking. But I really, there's questions. There's See, questions. I I still really like Farley. I I and a lot of people do. Um, the back injury makes me nervous, but the Dylan Redunds pick is is the one I really liked. He him going at pick tw- or pick fifty three, twenty one of the second round out of North Dakota, North Dakota State. 
Redunson's going to be a star, and he's going to be a guy that stays on that offensive line for the long term. I like that selection. I also liked Rashad Weaver in the fourth, and I liked Elijah Molden in the third. So, I mean, they, they had a good draft. They, they didn't reach very much on anybody, and they wound up with some good players that are going to fill needs on this team. B minus. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give that a B minus. Um, I'm with you on that 100%. I, I agree. And last but not least, the Washington football team. Uh, Washington was, was kind of an interesting one. Jamin Davis was a reach like you wouldn't believe. But then they salvaged it. Yep, with the Sam Cosme pick and the St. Juice pick, really, and the Diami Brown pick. All four of those, like all three of those picks after the Jamin Davis selection, because the Jamin Davis selection caught me by surprise. Um, Cosme, St. Juicy, and the Diami Brown, all great selections. I'm glad, uh, just because I want to, sh- I'm glad it's the same division, just because I want to shit on them a little bit. I'm going to go as far as saying that uh, um, Shaka Tony. Yep. Will be the best Tony of the draft. Oh God! And one of them went first round, and one went second. Jesus Christ! Screw the Giants. Yeah, but uh, ultimately, I, I mean, these guys because of that heavy reach in the first round, it kind of hurt me. They made up for it in little ways. Diami Brown. I'm going to a, a, a solid C. Yeah, I, I think you're going to be about a C minus for me. I that that first round pick really killed me because you can get it. You could have gotten Jamin Davis late second round, and it wouldn't have been a problem, especially where they were selecting. Eh, I, I'm I'm saying that this is a about a C, the C minus. I mean, it, it's just rough. That Jamin Davis pick really hurt this. Um, and that's all we got for our draft grades. Uh, Tyler, next week we're gonna or start a couple weeks or a couple weeks. Next show we're gonna start going over our season predictions, baby. Way too early season predictions. We're gonna go through. Uh, since all the schedules got released this last week, we're going to go through those um, and and basically uh, pick out who's going to win, who's going to lose, who's going to the playoffs, and we are going to make the way-too-early Super Bowl prediction. I like it. Yeah! So get ready for that. We're going to do all that uh, together. You and I, we're going to – that'll be the, the – the, uh, Fun part of the draft or the the show this next this next show. Are you ready for it? It's a fun part. This is one of the best parts. Yeah, sitting around doing that. We're gonna we're gonna sit right here. We're gonna do it all right on the show. Wins and losses. We're gonna put those together and uh, put our heads together and and uh, pick who our Super Bowl winner is gonna be for each of us and uh, make our prediction. So we'll do that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Tyler, have you gotten a massage yet? I haven't. Get yourself a massage. Head down to It's Your Time Massage over at IYTMassage.com or you can check out It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Folks, I got to tell you, it's the best massage experience of your life. Uh, Tyler, you've gotten one in the past and you had a good good experience, correct? I did. Yeah, it's a, it's a good experience. Um, I highly recommend uh, th- this. I got to tell you, these massages, man, they're life-changing. Life-changing. I was able to stand up straight for the first time in a long time after getting a massage, and uh, it was wonderful. So I highly recommend people check out IYTMassage.com. Also, if you need T-shirts, anything like that, check out Face Kicked Apparel um, over on Facebook. You can check them out at FaceKickedApparel.com as well. Um, for all of your uh, T-shirt needs, you can get yourselves scarves, hats, uh, beanies. You can get yourselves uh, face masks, anything under the sun, pants. He's, he's doing pants now, Tyler. Pants. Pants. Screen printed pants. 
about underpants? I, oh. <laughs> Just that'd be a very entertaining time. So he's even doing pants now. So uh, check it out, facekickedapparel.com. And uh, thank you so much for listening, folks. Uh, we'll be back with you in a couple weeks with our way too early season predictions as well as news around the league. Thanks so much, and we'll be uh, back with you in about two weeks, correct? Roughly. Two, yeah, about roughly that. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.